And that's that's what you named the gopher after. Yeah. The name <laughs> the gopher's name was Hamilton. Okay. Um but you know, you didn't have you didn't have to know that to play, obviously. <laughs> oh, did this did this factor into the design of the game? Oh yeah, it was oh, you were doing a Hamilton okay. path. No, yeah, it wasn't just <laughs> random. I didn't that's just like. Awesome. I wasn't just like. So there was like. Oh, one, I'm gonna name this guy gonna, Euclid. Like, likely one guy out there who would like play this game. Like, oh, it's probably probably bet. yeah, probably one guy. <laughs> Hi, everybody. This is Soren Johnson, and you are listening to Designer Notes, a podcast about why we make games. Today, we are talking to independent game designer George Fan, who is best known as the creator of Insane Aquarium and Plants vs. Zombies. Um, so usually what I start out with, with people is I just ask them, you know, what's the very first video game that they remember? Okay. And are we starting now? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the first video game I remember, I, I would say I'd say it's Pac Man because, well, my mom my mom says I apparently once I once I found out about that game I was like she like always likes to recollect how I was like Pac Man this Pac Man that <laughs> like I, I would draw Pac Man I would draw all the ghosts I knew all the ghosts by. By name, and color. And it was just. It was did just. You know them by behavior, like you. Understand? No, I don't think I was that advanced. Yeah, I yeah. I knew the red one kind of hated me, uh-huh. and then the other ones were the other ones were a little bit less aggressive. But yeah, it it was it was I I think it was like just the first game that I was fascinated by it because it was the first game with like real real character that I that I that I latched onto, and yeah, and even looking back, it's. How old would you have been? You must like, have been pretty young. It, I was pretty young, like maybe maybe kindergarten or something wow. like that. Okay. Something right around then. And I mean, it's not it's not my favorite game. Like I know some some of my friends are like huge Pac Man players. It, my my dad really liked playing it. Like the gameplay, I can I can recognize it's it was really really great for its time. But I'm not like a huge I'm not a Pac Man. Yeah, fanatic for the gameplay or anything. Um, it was, it was, yeah, it was. I think it was just the the draw of those those characters. I even you like the you like the world of Pac Man. I did, I did. <laughs> I mean, I think it's you're a little kid and just like these visuals really jump out to you. Yeah, I, I, I knew I loved video games. It was just this was the first one that that just kind of spoke to me because because you know there was this on the side of the arcade machine there was like that yellow that big yellow mm. pac-man character i even like i remember on we used to get these where i mean I'm, i come from like a chinese family i don't know if you've ever heard of like there's these snacks called hoff lakes they're basically mm. uh it's a it's a cylindrical stack of like uh these discs made of hawthorn berry or something like that wow. they're 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 pretty obscure yeah. uh-huh. but basically they're these they're these it's a stack of discs like kind of like imagine a uh, like a tube of pringles but shrunk down and it's like it's sweet and not savory but i would take those and like i would bite off um just just you know one half of just each one. one so so it would look like a pac-man uh-huh. and then i would bite off another half rotate it so it looked like ghosts <laughs> and then i would make i'd make my own power pellets and then just reenact like <laughs> how pac-man would eat the power pellets so i think i think that one just called out to me because uh yeah 
because the character is really yeah i was very sort of so it was so like primal or basic i don't know how yeah put it. do you know do you know the story of how they first came up with pac-man i image? believe i do it's the it was supposed it was the story. Who knows if this is like an urban myth or not? It's yeah. like it was they were having pizza, right? Uh-huh. Like they took out two slices and they just looked down. It's a pretty good way to design a character. <laughs> there it was, yeah. Oh. Yeah. They didn't come up with like pie chart man or anything. <laughs> no, that's true. That would be less much less interesting story. Yeah. Um all right. I mean, so but you didn't you didn't necessarily enjoy, I mean enjoy playing it all that much. I, I mean I enjoyed it enough. It's just like going back and like it's not it's not really like my style of game as you know, like sure. I've I, like, I think it's a very mastery oriented game. And right. it's, uh, it's very, it requires a lot of dexterity and a lot of just prediction of like AI kind yeah. of, yeah. um, I mean, yeah. I always found, you know, Pac-Man fun and then I would die on the second level and then I'd move on basically. Kind, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Kind of, there's no like sense of real progression. Like your, your skill progresses obviously, but then yeah, you get, you get kind of far and then you die and then you basically have to start over. But yeah. I mean, it was, it was great for its time. Like, and it, obviously there's still a ton of people who love the game. Like, yeah. yeah. All right. So did you play a lot of arcade games back then? I did. I, um, well, I, my fam, so it was usually on like, uh, road trips that we go on. And mm-hmm. my dad is, he's interesting cause he's, He's the thriftiest person you can know, <laughs> okay. but he also loves gambling. And I think, okay, I think when you add those two up, it kind of just bounces itself out. Right. But, yeah. So our family trips were always to. Uh, so we live we live in the Bay Area, and yeah. then we, we'd always go to Reno, uh-huh. and they would drop us off at the Circus Circus Arcade, right? And give you a stack of quarters or whatever. Yeah, and then just just like entertain yourselves while we while we go and play play our games, <laughs> right? And see who lo- which one of you loses money the fastest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then um, I was obsessed with Super Mario Brothers at that time. And then also, you know, before that, I, I, I like my dad, my dad was a programmer. So he got he he got us an Apple II Plus, I think. And I, I that's where I didn't know it. But that's where like my whole like, uh, that's I guess that's where I started creating my right. first games. Okay. But yeah, um, just during the time we were going to like Reno, it was just, it was just Super Mario Brothers all the way. Like in, the, in the arcade. The, uh... Yeah. There was an arcade version of it yeah, that yeah. I, I remember looking for. Cause I actually wrote, I, I wrote in the, my fourth grade journal. Uh-huh. So this was fourth grade by then. Yeah. That, um, yeah, every, like all the other students had their own, like, here's, here's my, here's my winter vacation diary. And we, they, they would go to all sorts of places. All, all of mine were always to Reno. Yep. And, and, <laughs> and one of them, I remember rereading it when I was a little bit older and it was like, and it said, uh, kind of like very systematically, like, well, they didn't have super Mario brothers at the arcade. So I, I played Mario brothers instead. Cause that was, <laughs> I guess that was the next best right, thing. I guess that's what they had. Yeah, yeah. But Mario brothers was, was all right. But just super Mario brothers was the, was the yeah. it was such a game changer. It was like I could I couldn't stop thinking about it. Like, no, would you, you mean the the gameplay as well as the art? Because it's also yeah. like, like yeah, no, art. that that one that one was a game where the gameplay really stood out to me too. Like I couldn't stop thinking about it. I would. What did you What did you like about it? It's just like I think. Well, just I don't think games before then were really. It felt like kind of a, like you were going on an adventure, and there was all this the sense of discovery, like this, the, the level design and like how there were secret blocks and, mm-hmm. 
the <clears throat> the fact that you could I didn't I don't I don't remember stomping on enemies before then that just felt so satisfying. Um just the fact that you could like it became like this culture to go to the arcade Mm-hmm. And watch other people play. See see what secrets they would find. Mm-hmm. Like that yeah. that first one up mushroom. I think I just, I just discovered that because I was watching someone sure. play. Yeah, and then and, you feel like you have this valuable piece of knowledge. Right? Yeah, because like, there wasn't you know it wasn't where you could just go searching. It, it was you had to watch someone else do it yeah. back then. I forget then you know like when it's a secret, but it's a game on that's on your you're playing at home. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know. It's not quite the same as like this is something you're paying money. You know, you're actually putting quarters into, and you know something special about yes, that. Like yes. that's like another kind of level right there. Oh yeah. So yeah, it was like I I have somewhere I've got these like level designs. It, it was it, I I was it was so I had it so on the brain that I was like doing my own level designs for for Super Mario Brothers. And I know they're coming out with uh, a Mario Maker sometime mm. this year, and I just that just really spoke to me because I don't think like, yeah, my, my fourth grader self would have flipped out if that, <laughs> if that existed back then. Sure. Yeah. Um, my levels were all really difficult. Like I'd be like, I told my brother, like, look, you have to make this like in- insane jump from mm-hmm. over the lava. Yeah. It was, how would you make practical. Did you get the graph paper essentially? It, or I didn't, did you... I, I had a journal. I think I had this yep. game design journal mm-hmm. that, that, well, I don't, I, I'm not really, yeah, not not formal game design journal or right, anything, but it's just like this little book that I I had that I would, and I think it was just whatever whatever paper I had. So it might have just been lined lined paper, yeah, yeah. and yeah, I would just draw out, draw out pages pages yeah. of Super Mario levels. Wow. Uh, no, you we mentioned that you also had Apple II during this period. Uh, yeah, that was I think that was before before then. That was okay. probably at least you know a few years a few years before the NES came out. Okay. And did, before the Super Mario Brothers was in the arcades. Did you play games on that as well? Yes. Um, it was kind of like this mysterious, whatever my dad's coworkers would give him <laughs> right. Feel on, on these you. like on these floppy diskettes, uh-huh. and you would you would you know you'd pop it into the Apple II, and it'd be it would it, like it'd just be these this list of games. Like usually, mm-hmm. I mean, we never. We never actually, I don't, I don't remember if anyone, yeah, there were basically just these cracked, uh, <laughs> versions of these games. And stuff, yeah. And, yeah. and, um, I actually went back to play some of them just mm. like, like a couple weeks ago. Oh, to, really? Yeah. It's, it's, what were they like? <laughs> I think there's one where there's one where you have to press control K to and and i i also it was weird because when i was i had that same memory when i was a kid like i couldn't figure out how to actually start the game and it turns out you have to press control k to say you're playing in keyboard mode oh wow and nowhere does it say like to actually do that um so wow so because we were just getting these we weren't getting instruction manuals with these we were we just kind of hype we, we were kids with somewhat endless amounts of time and just right. like we went eventually just powered through it and figured it out somehow <laughs> i don't know for like, every combination yeah i think i think that might have been like a like a common thread with a lot of the, like i think control k or control j for joystick was one of the things uh, so yeah, i guess i guess I you had to do vaguely that. remember that actually. yeah um but we played like i think apple panic was one of the games we had and mm. uh, there's this i think i think one of my favorites was chrono warrior 
Okay. Um, it had this intro screen with like digitized voice that was like Chrono Warrior. <laughs> it was it was pretty rad for its time. Yeah, yeah. And it was just it was just it was just I think it, that one just had neater graphics. The gameplay when I, I went back and played it, it's it's okay. Like yeah. what type of game is it? It's actually kind of like five games, five mini games jumbled into one, one for each time period. Like the first one, you start off in prehistoric times, and you're well. Times when there were dragons running around on on a, on a mountainside, I okay. guess, right. and you would climb your way up the mountain. And then the next the next time zone was like this chariot race. Um, it's kind of like joust, but but uh, turned on a turn. Like you you want to get in front of the other chariots and ram them with the butt of the chariot, or you know, like the same kind of idea. And then and then the third one I think was my favorite. It was like this. It was like a medieval like hedgerow maze, hedge mm-hmm. maze, and um, you just that one had the mo- like I think that one had the the neatest gameplay because you were just it was yeah you were just dodging these soldiers that would come at you right games could really be a hodgepodge of like all yeah. sorts of bizarre elements back then it was there was yeah there was no like real I think that was yeah that was games were exciting in those days because there were no real like yeah formulas to follow or you'd be you you just it would expect to be surprised because that was the normal thing right yeah yeah. Um, Wow. So did you did you try to program it then at that point? Uh, my first program. So the games I was programming back then were like, um, it was it would be in basic, yep. right? Um, and there was this magazine called Three to One Contact that mm-hmm. would would at the very back, the last page of the magazine, they right. would have these simple like basic basic uh, programs and games, and I would I would learn through just like copying those and kind of figuring out what those did. None of my games back then, well, yeah, were very complex. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of them were probably really stupid, uh, like just kind of dialogue, dialogue trees. And I would, I would show my neighbors or my, 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 my friends across the street. Simple text adventures. It was, it was like that? simple text adventures to grief the neighbors across the street. I guess. Okay, so like they would be part of <laughs> like, the story. Is that no? It was it was it was not even that cool. It was just like, hello, uh, are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> yes or no? And then, and then if you hit yes, it would it would, you know you you go to you hit you type twenty, you are dumb, and then you you type thirty, go to twenty, so it repeats it endlessly loops. You are dumb over and over. Wow, again. that sounds very true to life. That sounds like exactly the type of games that I probably made at that age too. <laughs> yeah, not not the pinnacle of sophistication. <laughs> wow, nice. Um, um, yeah, and, and then for the longest time, I didn't, I didn't know, I didn't like. Well, if we're gonna jump forward a little bit, like in in college, I didn't actually start off as a as as a computer science major. I was kind of kind of naive about it. I thought I thought computer science was more like the electrical engineering yeah. side of things. I didn't know I had programmed as a kid. Yeah. And once I kind of realized that and after I I I chose I chose um I majored in molecular cell biology actually for the first oh, really? two years of college. Wow. And after I basically found out I was I was no good at that, uh-huh. I, I I was like, well, Maybe I'll try this computer science thing after finding out that, you know, it's, it's, it's programming and that's kind of what I was doing before. And I I, I kind of enjoyed it. So I ended up, I ended up transferring over 
right. changing I, my major. I had actually a very similar situation when I went to school. For so whatever reason, computer science just sounded like alien or something. Mm-hmm. Like I, yeah. I did programming. I knew I could program, but like I just didn't know what it was. It seemed really weird. And like, yeah, like, where'd you learn to program? That's what I want to do. I th- I th- I'm, I'm glad to hear there was some, someone else from that time that <laughs> yeah, that, that kind of had the same feel feeling. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. Uh, okay, so, so at this time, you know, you're you obviously were you know very into video games. Oh yeah. And you know you were expressing your creativity. You know you were drawing things. You're making mm-hmm. plans and stuff. Did you dream of making video games? I don't think. Okay. Yes and no. Like. All right. So in third grade, so this is kind of a little bit before I, uh, my best friend and I, we started our own games company. Oh, all right. <laughs> yeah, we were. Yeah, <laughs> we were ready for. Yeah, we were ready for all this. And um, the thought was, I think, I think back then, like the people we knew who played video games were more like people, like kids and people our age. Like we didn't know a whole lot of adults that really sure. played video games. So we were thinking, well, we don't really know how to make games yet. We don't have the technical knowledge, yeah. but adults don't know how to like what kids want for video games. Let's, <laughs> let's come up with all these like awesome ideas for video games now while we're kids. Right. And then when we grow up, we'll, we'll be able to look back and say, <laughs> look at all these great ideas that, you know, only a kid would know what's <laughs> right, so good right. about it. You're and like, then using a time machine. Yeah, like, exactly. To yourself. Uh, like making this time machine of like, of awesome kid created game design ideas. <laughs> and then we would be able to go back to it and then, you know, start this game company for real and make, make, make tons of people all over like super entertained through, through our awesome games. All right. Do you know any, do you know any of those awesome games? Well, let's see. Okay. So it was my best friend and me Mm. and my best friend was, I, I feel like my creativity, um, then was like my creativity now is, has has is more refined and and mm-hmm. my best friend was then was actually very creative like the games he came up with had really good themes mm-hmm. like there was one where you it was called refrigerator raid and you would okay. you would you're an ant and you go okay you you take your ant friends and you raid this refrigerator and then you're you're attacked by these like the stuff you would find in the refrigerator like like fruit fruit mm-hmm. enemies and and then he made this he had that idea for a sequel where it would turn turn the table turn things like on their on their on their tail and you would be the the fruit right and you had like you're you're a strawberry with a banana sidekick and you would go and you would go attack the ants and so his were all on that on that level at least was pretty pretty creative for a third grade it's not bad actually mine on the other hand were all my all my designs were take take one of the games i really liked at the time like contra i really liked contra is one of my one of my favorites and my game was called my game started two two rambo kind of characters right um running through the jungle blasting aliens and it was called massacre <laughs> <laughs> right. and uh my big game design innovation was that this this is how get ready for this cuz this is how this game is different from contra okay, okay. you would th- so contra is a side scroller yep and Massacre is also a side scroller, but you'd get to these certain zones where it would it would lock the screen and wouldn't scroll anymore, and aliens would just pour in from 
from all sides of the screen, and then on in the middle of the screen it would flash "Massacre Zone, Massacre Zone" <laughs> as you're trying to like trying to blast these aliens from all sides. Yeah, so that was that was um. So uh, none, not... none of none of the ideas I came up with in third grade are are, are of any use to me now. Do you, basically, do you, do you have this time capsule? I I I we had like four folders full of game design ideas. Uh-huh. I think um I don't I don't keep in touch with with my friend from then. I think he has two of them, right? And I have two of them somewhere. Right. I just I maybe just he's maybe done he's them. got the good ideas. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got to track him down. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I know. It's 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 possible. I just when I went back and looked through it like many years ago, I was just like, man, these are all they're all mine are just rehashes of. Yeah. But but um, I have to say something awesome is that so Contra at that time, um. <clears throat> Yeah, this would this would be the first one that came out on the NES and the one uh-huh. on the arcades, and in in my massacre game, which is basically Contra, right. you I, I I did like these level designs and I, I drew out this desert, and you would ride these robotic camels. You would, you would hop on these robotic camels, which were vehicles that would like you could you know they would ferry you across the desert and you would shoot aliens on on, on robotic camelback. Right. right? Okay. Um, and. Fast forward many years later, there was one of the more recent Contras, the one that came out on WiiWare. It uh-huh. has robotic Body camels. camels in wow! It. All right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you were ahead of your time. <laughs> Clearly, I was. <laughs> wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So I was, I was a pretty creative kid. Just, mm-hmm. just you know, some of my creativity was misdirected. But I like to, like, I love drawing. Um, in in like, in high school, every if you ask any of the kids there, like, oh, who's 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 the, you know, who's the artist of all artists in 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 your in your in class? School, yeah. They would probably point to me. It's right. just, I just didn't end up uh, pursuing that. I yeah, it was, I uh, <clears throat> I did programming when I was really little. Yeah, and and in college, right. and um, I did the art thing like throughout my early childhood. And actually, in near the end of high school and college, I actually, actually was getting into music composition mm-hmm. too. Oh wow! And so, okay. I, I around that time, I was like, I was like, you know, you got to find out what you're gonna do for your right. for your career. And one of the reasons I got into games is actually like, it games are kind of a combination of all those elements, and that's what really drew me to wanting to make games. Right in the end. Um, what did your parents think of this during this period? Like, did but, they, they recognize the creativity and like know what to do with it? Or um, the art side, they 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 fostered that by by saying, "Oh, we'll you know we'll take you to art class," mm. and I would like, I would like they would they would enter me in these like art competitions, and I would I would rack up a bunch of trophies that you know they don't really mean a whole lot nowadays, but they did that, and then they also had me take they had me take piano lessons. And so that fostered my mute, the musical side. But, um, as far as actually a career in, in making games, I don't think one, they're like, they didn't really understand what that all meant. Like my dad played, my dad plays like he played Pac-Man back in the day, but neither of them are really big, big gamers. And right. then just, I don't know if like, like a lot of, they're kind of more typical Asian parents, which were like sure. very like if if you know if your job isn't one hundred percent guaranteed to make you like 
successful and make make you tons of money then they don't see why uh why <clears throat> like why you should be spending your time well, on it and well, in the late 80s video gaming was definitely not that it definitely yeah it definitely like like you can't you couldn't really point to too many examples of like people making tons and tons of money off of video games so like it was did that affect the way you thought or um i always you were just too like, or were you just too young i yeah i, I hadn't really thought about what i was going to do like like when I was when I was older, um, I don't I don't think it did. Like the the point which it kind of um, came into question was just as I after I got out of college, kind of um, I did take an intern at like a video game job. Mm-hmm. I, I just I just I just took as low you know whatever pay they would pay me. As that was the advice I got from going to my first GDC, and and then. Um, that company eventually went went under and I was I was laid off and during the time between like I was, it was things were all uncertain my dad just kind of kept pushing me to get to you know use my programming right. skills to get a job doing like databases or some something that so what that stable. was like a little more stable and that that was where we kind of disagreed I kind of just followed my passion and just push to like get, try to get interviews at different game companies. And, but, but like nowadays it's like, it's like totally different now. Like my dad, <laughs> my dad, he's a programmer too. So he, yeah, yeah, yeah. he always asks me, you know, like, okay, okay, George, like I have this idea for a game and I'm going to make <laughs> it now. So it's, it's totally different now. Oh, that's but, cool. But that's, that's... Uh, yeah. So there's a happy ending to the story. And... Yeah. Yeah. I, I kind of, I mean, I wonder how different it is. Now, for kids growing up, it must be somewhat, but it, video games are still kind of, kind of crazy. Yeah, you know? I imagine it's a lot different now, but it's still, yeah, there's still some of the same stigmas, like, um, but yeah, just you you just compare some like some numbers, like the games industry is like bigger than the movie industry, and you could just kind of point to these things that weren't weren't the case back then. Yeah, well, I think I think as as I understand it, I think video game designers now. Like the number one, like if you quiz, I don't know, 12, 12 year olds or something, what oh, they want yeah. to do. Video game designer is the number one thing now, more than oh, like yeah. professional athlete. That is, you know? that's fantastic. I think if you quizzed kids back then, mm-hmm. they would, they would, if they knew what a video game designer was, right. they would totally They're say that too. It's just people didn't know what that <laughs> was. Back it then. existed. Yeah. Yeah. Would you look at like when I was that age? Like I remember. I bought like I remember I bought a ton of electronic arts games. Those were like mm-hmm. the ones I was really into. You okay, know, your seven series of gold. And, oh yeah, you know, stuff like that. Um, and I remember I'd always like flip it over because they put the designers kind of like up front. Right, okay. you'd like open the thing, you see a picture, and then the back, you know, there'd be a little thing like, you know, are you, you know, we were looking for like a few good, this, you know, programmers, artists, or whatever, you know, mail us at something, 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 San Mateo, California, right? Oh, okay, I was, like, someday. I will go to the San Mateo, California, you know, and like, <laughs> like this place exists, you know, and like, um, like, are there, is it like an Island with like a palm tree on it? Like, <laughs> yeah, like, the ocean, you're like, that's San Mateo. California. That, that's, that's where that's video some... games come from. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Um, all right. So you, you know, did you, did your, the types of games you play evolved? Like as you, you know, grew up and went to you know, middle school and high school. And... I, yeah, I grew up, I would say I was pretty much an, an nintendo console like that's that's what i grew up that was my bread and butter butter growing up like nintendo and then onto onto super nintendo when that came out so like just a lot of 
games by Nintendo themselves, and I was I was also pretty partial to to Konami Konami's games as well. Um, okay. We didn't have a like whole which, lot. Which ones, for example? Um, well, like like on the Super Nintendo, there was Contra Three. Sure, I, yeah. I love that one. It was just like the music and like the the action was just so like everything the way everything added up. Like and there it was ridiculous too. At the same time, like there's one one level where you're 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 hanging on a helicopter missile mm-hmm. like with one hand and it, and it fires you off and you have to. It's I love ridiculous stuff well, like the that. Absurd, the absurdity is what like appealed to you as well. I didn't I didn't I don't know if I knew it at the time, but right. it may, uh, yeah, like I try to inject that into the games I make nowadays. So it must have it must have spoken to me back then. But yeah, um, like I said, my parents. My dad was really thrifty, so we didn't get a whole like I would have to save up for a long time to right. get to get to purchase any games for myself. But I would often go like trade games with my friends, and yeah. So like in the end, like I think we had maybe like five or six NES games, and like same same amount of Super Nintendo games. Wow. By the time each system was 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 over, but yeah, that just kind of meant I I I would I would cherish each one even yeah. more, you know, like like. I remember buying buying Contra three after saving up enough money, like enough of my allowance, and <clears throat> I I read the instruction book from front to back before I even popped the game, and it's like just so foreign to me now. I would I would never I would never do something like that anymore. But yeah. just like I wanted to make sure, like it was very systematic, like page to page. Right. I even read those like those those like warnings on the front and back. <laughs> I was like. <laughs> Get the most out of, out this, of your this, full, your my, manual. Right? I, I don't remember how much they were back then, but get the most out of that. Like after, yeah, I would I, I would ride my bike to the mall and. Does and the then, does the physical product like is that still something that like means something to you from back then? Um, uh, I'm not like uh like one of those retro game collectors or anything, right. but um, I think it's it's the experience and just like games had some, like yeah, not having access to. You, you know, there's so many games now you can just play it by like just like all these free games you can download and just like take them for a spin. Like just just the the idea that you wouldn't get to play that many games and you kind of have to really get the most out of out of each game that you get to play is it's something that's kind of this this magic that it's more or less like lost yeah, these yeah. these days for me. Well, especially as like people in the industry who have to like just play. As game as game designers, you just play games upon games just to like All study the them. Yeah. So, yeah. I do miss that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, I Konami games spoke to me because like they were, you know, like I can point to the music. The music for them was always very like right. is is very is like you know this, these real great chip tunes and. I guess the the play control on all of them were really good. <laughs> That's the other thing. Like game magazines back then used to have. Remember, I don't know if you, like they had play control as one of the five categories. Like this game got a eight out of ten on play control. And that's just that something that like like how well the the controls work basically. Just just you know when you yeah exactly like how how snappy the yeah, sure. the, the, the the jump was or like no, basically you're not you don't feel like you're all sluggish and you're not yeah. you, yeah. how fast the character reacts to right. what you do and, yeah. and so on so and was that 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 very sort of twitch element of games like that was that well, important for you a lot of the games i played then were were uh on the twitchy side yeah, yeah like so you were you really good at games were you like that kid or no i wouldn't like my brother's better at games than me on in, in general i i wasn't really 
Yeah. No, I was I was probably like 75th percentile, something <laughs> around there. Right, not right. horrible, not not great. Um I didn't I never like really prided myself in mastery or anything. It was it was always more about just like the 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 sheer fun or the experience or Right. Yeah. Just, well, it sounds like you looked at these games like as very much as a whole. Like you know, you, like the art needed to be impo- was important, and sound was important. I guess. Like, I guess I did. Yeah. The things that that drew me to the games were were a lot about yeah things outside of just just the gameplay itself. I guess. Yeah. I guess that's a you know maybe that's important for like for like a kid or something or something like that. Right. And were you um, so when you were younger? You thought someday you might start a video game company. Yeah, when I was really yeah, when I was yeah. really <laughs> when you're in high school, you didn't did you think that at all? I thought it less actually. I I just I didn't know the the path that you you would have to go to. You know, I wasn't aware of that. I was really into art during that time, so I thought one day maybe I would be I would be an artist. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind, but just I just I just knew I loved to draw. Yep, and um, and then even. I, as I got to college, it was kind of depressing because I, I started off as uh, biology, right? And I was kind of inquiring, oh, what kind of things? Why, why, but why molecular biology? Uh, Asian parents. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds... I, I didn't, I didn't hate biology. Didn't... It sounds hard, right? Yeah, so it's probably good for you. I mean, it's like, like my dad probably wanted me to be a doctor, uh huh, because uh-huh. a lot of my cousins are, and you know, yep. he probably saw that they're doing, they're they're really well off. And so he probably just wanted that for me. Were you into that at all? Or uh, I didn't hate it. I yeah. just, it's just, it's not one of my passions. I, I liked, I actually, yeah. Biology. I, I liked, I didn't really, wasn't really big on some of the other sciences, Yeah. but yeah. So, so like around that time I was, I, I was still really into art and I was like, what I was inquiring into like, what kind of occupations might, might, I'd be able to do if I kind of merged biology and art mm-hmm. and, and it, was, it, was, it was a horrible dead end of like, <laughs> you, no... you know what you get to do? You get to illustrate these, like, you know, those illustrations and in, in those like biology books where there's like the human skeleton, like human skeleton with sure. like yeah. muscles on one side. And it's just kind of like a, like a cross section of, yeah, I get to do that. I get to draw those. Wow. Yeah. So Sounds like you like didn't want to give up your art, and you were trying to make it applicable to like your current situation. Yeah, I, I just I just really like drawing, and I kind of I, I I did want to carry that through into whatever I was doing later. So when I found out about, I mean, when I I guess so that, not when I found out, but when I thought about video games in that context, like oh, like video games, like you can definitely apply apply your artistic <laughs> knowledge. Yeah. Right. So that's just when like one day it just clicked. It was like okay. Art, music, and game design. I don't. I don't know if I thought about it that way at the time, but you know, I, I did design games in, in my own way, and yeah, and and programming also, which I didn't really think of in that way yeah. either. And is that part? It, it, so is that part I, of the reason you then switched to computer science? Yes. Yeah. Well, and and then just kind of after kind of basically failing at majoring in, in biology, I started looking into other options, and that's when I. That's when I kind of like, like had, you know, had the revelation that, oh, this, uh, that computer science was actually something I kind of did before. And I actually really enjoyed. Right. And that I think, I, I think, you know, I, I'd always dreamed that I would 
I would be making games someday. I just right. didn't know, like at certain points in my life, I didn't know what path that would, right. what path would lead me there. Yeah. And kind of having that all, all those elements hit me at that point saying like, Oh yeah, this is, this is doing computer science could one day let you make video games, George. Right. So it's interesting that you made the leap to computer science at that point, because um, I mean, I think that probably became super useful to you, you know, oh, like, totally. like down the road, obviously. I can't tell you how much I, I appreciate that. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, and you know why computer science versus something else? It's right. it's because of the, my parents, like that, that's kind of like something that they could approve of like more than just like an art major or something like yeah. that. So yeah. So that's really interesting because that, that helped you out because I think a lot of kids in your situation who had a real art bent mm-hmm. would just double down on the art. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is fine. Right. Like artists, you know, video games industry has tons and tons of artists and that's, yep. that's a totally viable path. But because you also ended up going down the computer science path, you like made yourself yeah. like the, you know, the incredibly broad developer. I wish I could draw. Oh man. Like, <laughs> like I wish I could do that. It's just, it's just not there. Yeah. You know? I know. I know. Like, yeah, I, I think if I didn't, follow that path i don't think i'd be in the same situation like i'm so thankful that 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 i just happened upon that path and i know yeah i know like i know a lot of game designers who like complain to me and go oh man i i just wish i knew programming like that would be so like they just see so many situations all the time where they go oh this would that would be so useful but you know but it's kind of like I assume it made it very since your dad was a programmer it seemed very plausible to you right like oh yeah it's probably in my also in my genes i just like the 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 feeling that you get when you when you solve this like like this this computer logic it's like i just yeah it it's probably in my genes like i feel really good when i can right when i can when i can do that cool all right so then you entered the where where were you going to school by the way uh, i went to berkeley oh okay yeah. cool um and so you were entering the cuz you entered the computer science program there Mm-hmm. Um, they have a really big one. <laughs> yeah, that, that was the other thing. Like, like their art program at Berkeley. I actually, I did take a few classes there. I got very disillusioned. They're not really known for their art, mm-hmm. and I realized oh, I'm not spending any time in here actually drawing. We're just kind of like BSing for three hours. Yeah. And yeah. so I, I just that 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 professor actually is is the one that kind of fortuitously steered me away from art and into into doing something else. <laughs> Right, so right. by being really, really bad, <laughs> he helped you out. <laughs> best, he helped me out. He helped best me out. bad professor you had. Oh yeah. <laughs> cool. So yeah, I. Um, and once you started, once you started taking programming classes, did it just click right away? Basically? Yeah, it did. It did. I I was, I was naturally like like compared to like programmers in the industry now, I'm not I'm not at their level, but I was I was naturally pretty good at it. Like mm-hmm. once, once I started doing it and like, usually we had formed lab groups and I would be, I would be the one out of the people that I worked with that kind of were, was like basically leading the, right. leading the programming process. Yeah. Were you, were you learning like, was it like C, C++? It was, type of thing? um, so Berkeley's program, they, they kind of emphasize they don't teach you a language. So mm-hmm. rather they teach you like their, their, their program, their, it was structured based on like uh, it was like one class was just on data structures and one class was just computer graphics. And so they, they, they had you hop around from language to language. So we started with, what was not, so not the first, it's funny because I'm just trying to make comparison because I was, 
I was going through the Stanford Computer Science Program, probably somewhat similar oh, time frame. Yeah. And their first thing is they just dump you right into C. Oh, really? CS 106. And, you know, it's like uh, you, you you learn your C and, like, mm -hmm. then you got to learn pointers and you got to learn recursion. And, like, yeah. a lot of people just wash out right there. I, and I then had... eventually they'll get you to data structures oh, okay. and compilers and whatnot. I had trouble with pointers for some time. Maybe that's why, because they didn't just, like, they didn't they didn't give me that up front. Right. But they had... The, the first language they had you start off with was a, ver a variant of, I think, Scheme. It was, okay. it was Lisp. And yeah. so it was, a, it was an interpretive <laughs> language. So yeah. something you would never use outside of, yeah. of yeah. academics. But, you know, they they just didn't want you to get stuck in any any one form of programming, I guess. Yeah. And then and then the data structures class was actually in Java. That might have been one of my favorite ones just because um, it, it, had, it had lots of game applications. Like they had you write... Um, was this, this class? I think they they had one of the data structures was like a tree. Mm -hmm. So they had you write an AI that did like um, it, it it made this whole, you know it's been a while but it made this whole tree and you would prune it and you yeah. would you would take your algorithm and battle it against all the other all the AIs from the rest of the class. Oh really? And, oh, yeah, yeah and, that's cool. And you would you know you could do some 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 things that gave you an advantage like. It was like kind of a variant of like checkers. It wasn't mm -hmm. exactly checkers, but it, 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 you would, you know, you would have you would hand code like some opening moves and then have the uh, have the um, AI take over from there because you also had a time limit. You know, you couldn't use too much processor time. Sure. So that was that was I really enjoyed that. And I actually, how did you do in in the class in the contest? Oh, in the yeah. contest. So the winner the winner of the contest we didn't win, um, <laughs> but the winner of the contest gets like a evaluation from the professor that that like actually at, at at the point when we were doing the data structures class you weren't locked in for the for the major yet yep. but if you win that if the prize for winning that contest is you you get into the major and you don't have to worry about your grades or your gpa at that point at all anymore i mean well you i mean you do you're you're into the major for the, oh, for the oh, last they're half they're not going to judge you based off of your yeah like whereas your... everyone else in, in my situation um they had to you know only only about half of the half of the students um the the, the students with the higher half of gpa right. actually got got, got into the, the major okay. yeah huh all right cool so, all right so once you once you started taking classes like were you like would you were did you want to like apply what you were doing to games quickly or like did you did you sort of take your time to kind of learn how to program or um after i was done with school so while while you oh, were in school while i was in school like like we were kind of yeah, there was that, there's that, I remember my lab partners kind of, I, I knew I wanted to make games and my lab partners were kind of asking, like, I don't understand how you get the things that we're doing in this class. You take that and you, how that translate to, to getting like, like sprites on a screen or right. anything like that. And, yeah. and I, it was kind of mysterious to me too, but I knew we were doing like things like, like that game, like mm -hmm. the game AI. Um, were there no graphics classes? Uh, yeah, we took, we took, that was the hardest class. It was, okay. it was a graphic class. It was easily like 30 hours a week. Um, and my final project is I, 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 I made an Optimus Prime that could transform from truck to robot. Cause I just, I just love right. Transformers. Nice. Um, but yeah, like. I guess I didn't. I didn't really start thinking about it till after I I, I was I was okay. done with college. Okay. Um. Well, 
No, I I was reading. No, I remember now. I was reading C C plus plus game programming for dummies or something <laughs> like that. Right. Nice. Um, it was a pretty good book, and I had I had this idea for a game. No, no, it's it's coming back. Like, yes, I I did make some games. My first game was a. My I guess this is my first game. Um. Well. Besides the ones I made in basic as a, when I was a kid. Yeah. Are you dumb? Yeah. <laughs> are you dumb? Yeah. George fans, are you dumb? <laughs> <laughs> um, my first game was a, that I made in college on my own was a, it was programmed in C++ and I think it was a four player Pong variant. Four. Okay. Cool. So like an all four sides of the screen. Basically? It was, it was four. Yeah. All four sides of the screen, four people crowded around a keyboard. Uh-huh. Each, each player has three. Three three keys to themselves, yeah. left left paddle, right paddle, and then the middle one would uh, shoot a ball out into. So, um, so there were multiple balls. Yeah, there were. It was it was chaos. Like you were trying to get as many through past your, your the opponent on the other side of the screen, but it had kind of like I don't know if this happens in other games. It kind of had arcanoid logic where if you if you hit oh, if you hit on the side of the paddle, you can you it would edge it. Yeah. toward that side uh-huh. and you could so you as it's um, funny how that logic it doesn't make any sense but it doesn't. like everyone knows how it works i know, right? like I know. you just have to see it yeah you see once, it once and, and then you, know you don't really question it after yeah it's, that's, it's that's stuff one of the like great that. things about games like they don't need to make sense yeah you, know? you see a pattern or you or you have something that as long as it's not too jarring it yeah. you can you can usually slip it by well, yeah. that's that I, I love that too actually so yeah that was that was my first game um I, I called it bong. <laughs> I, okay. I was, it's, which is really weird for me. Cause I thought, Oh, did you know my association? Oh, well, kind of, <laughs> I was, I'm a goody goody. So I wasn't really into that stuff. Yeah. Um, I didn't do a lot of the things people did in college. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know really why I called it that. I think it just, it was just like, I just thought of it and it wasn't the worst name ever. Right. So Cool. So yeah, that's what I did first, and then. Well, how did you first think of that? Like, why did you make that one? Um, <clears throat> I think the C plus plus for dummies book said like start, or maybe it was during a GDC talk, or some like they a said GDC start talk? start start. Did it. you come here when you were a student? <sighs> I, th- I think we might have because I also took a decal class at which I don't know if that's a real term. It's, it's a as a class that doesn't count toward your like actual ac- academic credits or, or, right. or GPA or whatever. It was a game making class. And I think there was some, it was, it was led by some students that, that, you know, had connections in games industry Okay, and they might've pointed me in the direction to be, to be a, um, a volunteer at GDC because, right. you know, okay. we're in the Bay area. And yeah. so I think maybe during one of my, either it was a GDC talk or it might've been through that C plus plus book, but it just basically, it kind of steered me in the direction. Don't make, Make make your first game as simple as possible, wow. so you can mm-hmm. you can see it through from beginning to end. Yeah. You know, like you like because a lot of the pitfalls are you kind of your first you want your first game to be like this epic RPG, and then you never really see the process of making a game from start to finish. Yeah. Like, so, huh. I freaking like I I named my game. I had I had a help file. Remember those Windows yeah, apps yeah, with yeah. like the help file like in this. It's 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 in no way like the same way I would do games these days. Like, but had a really long text like like a dialogue showing like oh here are all the different keys and probably right. like programmed and designed by george fan or something right. yeah oh. well that's good advice to focus on something and finish 
it was I was interviewing you know Nels Anderson earlier this week, and mm-hmm. he was you know recollecting that the first the first game he tried to make is like he was like all right we're going to make an MMO. You know? <clears throat> oh yeah, <laughs> yes. Like, there's a lot of people Uh-oh. who start there, you know. They're just yeah, like, that's no. what they imagine. That's the, like they see the game in their head, you know. But I feel like I I had a lot of lucky moments in life like that where where uh, I get these like these these really fortunate pieces of advice or you know i even i even had one like i was talking about that company that kind of was going under and they they let me go that yeah. actually a month before a month before they let me go and i and i was devastated when they did i was uh-huh. just like you know i hadn't really had that experience before and it was but you know like a month before they did i i was asking if i could take a month off of of, of work so i could uh prototype this game idea i had for for the independent games festival uh-huh. and that I, I so that um i wanted to i had this game idea in, in my head it ended up being in san aquarium which was a hmm. um i entered so so they uh so i i soon found i had all the time i needed because right. i wasn't in well, a job well, anymore all right before we jump yeah. in too far okay so you, you graduated from college oh yeah and yeah. so this is the first thing this was that company you this had, was the you first job there what yeah. was what was the company? It was called Arcade Planet. Okay. It was just imagine uh, a a virtual Chuck E. Cheese. Okay. Right. Like you could play these. They had a suite of games. They were all written in Java. Uh, and was, so was this for the web or something? Yeah, or? it was for the web. Okay. And you they, you know you you would you would sign into your account there, and they would keep a ticket a ticket count. Right. And it was one of those companies in those days where you know they have no real way of really making money they're yeah. just basically hemorrhaging like, they, like you you play the games there yeah you get tickets mm-hmm. and you can redeem the tickets for actual prizes like okay. like if you saved up enough tickets you could get like some really cool stuff like a stereo system sent to you or something like that right but where did the money go where did the money come? <laughs> where did the money come? i guess ads ads on top of the games but wow. that wasn't paying uh, the, yeah. the bills back then either yeah, yeah. so i guess i should have known but it was just you know it's it was, it was a really good experience overall. Like just kind of like that. So whole, what were you? What were you doing for them? You uh, were, I was a programmer. You were writing Java games. I was writing you? Java games. I hadn't really made a serious game before, and they they kind of the structure at that company was like one person would kind of. I think they had a few artists, but uh-huh. every programmer would kind of be the designer for their little mini game hmm. too. It's funny. It's so, almost similar to the way arcade games were made. Yeah, way exactly. back when. Yeah, so. And, not a bad place to start. Way it, to start, I guess. I, I feel like I got lucky there too. Yeah, like I, I don't know if I would have, I don't know if I would have like flourished in a in like a bigger game company where yeah. I was one of many programmers. Yeah, typically a big game company, you're a new programmer. Like, okay, we got some tools for you to write for us. You're going to write us an exporter yeah, or something like that. Exactly. And you're like, this. What does this have to do with games? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, they have to start you off with something where you you yet yeah, where for for the longest time you don't even see how it relates to the, the the base of the game itself so i i, I did get lucky there what, and, what games did you make or um, were you there long enough to yeah I, I made so when i first got there they had me um do kind of upkeep on the a bunch of other games like there's one called chip away which is which was basically um bust a move or what's what's is it puzzle bobble and it's it's a it's a it was like an ar- arcade puzzle game, okay. but instead of bubbles, they had like like poker chips. Okay, and so they had me do like 
just to get familiar with the code and, and actually, you know, I hadn't actually like seen a Java game like completely before I, that's how they got me started. And I, and I stayed there long enough. I eventually, um, I eventually made my own game there mm-hmm. from pretty much start to finish. Like I did, I actually did the, all the coding and the art. Uh-huh. Um, the did, only, you, did you have to pitch it and like I, that? I, or, I or think I did. Time? I think I did. Yeah. Okay. And that one, that one was called Wrath of the Gopher. Okay. <laughs> and it was a puzzle game because a lot, it was just, you know, fitting in with the framework of what they were doing. Sure. It was okay. a puzzle game where you, you, you're a gopher and your mm. name is Hamilton. Okay. Because I just studied like Hamilton pads in school or something. I was like a little, my, my little cute, like naming, naming homage What's and that Hamilton pad? It's it's I don't even remember anymore for 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 sure. <laughs> okay. But I think it's like you have like a grid of nodes, and then if a path that hits each node once. Okay. And and that's that's what you named the gopher after. Yeah, the name <laughs> the gopher's name was Hamilton. Okay. Um, but you know you didn't have you didn't have to know that to play obviously. <laughs> oh, did this did this factor into the design of the game? Oh yeah, it was. Oh, you were doing a Hamilton okay. path. No, yeah, I wasn't just <laughs> random. I didn't that's just like. Awesome. I wasn't just like. So there was like. Oh, one, I'm gonna name this guy like, Euclid because likely one guy out there who what? would like play this game. Like, oh, it's probably probably bet. yeah, probably one guy <laughs> thought that because not many people played it to start with, right. and then yeah, so it was like a cute little game where you had a, a, a cabbage patch. And those were basically the nodes on this grid, uh-huh. and you were you you started off at one cabbage. And you use the arrow keys to move your your gopher, and um and your your goal was to hit each cabbage once and eat it. Right, right? And, you and, then, and you couldn't go. You couldn't that. backtrack. Okay, right. yeah, All right, true. So, so it's sort of it, classic puzzle design type thing. Yeah, it was. I think I had arrived at it through like paper prototyping, and it was also like. That was also the like I guess when I was tasked to make my own game, that was when I, I kind of that was that was the big like. Oh, I was questioning whether I was cut out to be a game designer. You know, um, I, I I gave a talk like, when at you the were, failure sorry, workshop. Why did you think you're saying back um, up for a second? You, oh, okay. you question it because 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 before Wrath of the Gopher, I actually tried a few prototypes uh-huh. of simple s games, right. and they they were all like I would have this game idea in my head, yeah, and um. <clears throat> And it seemed like really fun. Yeah. And I would go to prototype it and it would just, it would just be like the worst game or not, <laughs> not nearly as fun as I, you imagined. I like I imagined. And I just was like, I had this like crisis, existential crisis with myself. Like what, what am I doing? Like I should be doing art or something else. Like, like I, I was like, well, like if I'm drawing a picture, if I'm painting something, I can see what right. I want it to look like in yep. my head. Yep. And then just all I have to do is get that picture from my head in onto like a canvas or something. Yep. Whereas I can't see, I, I couldn't see the whole game in my head because the games just have too many moving parts or it's trying to, I didn't have the ability to, to, um, I definitely didn't have the ability to say like, here's, Here's a game idea and it's going to be fun for sure, right. which is which was something I was like definitely dealing with at that time. Now, and, 
it's interesting to look look back in the sense that like over the course of your career, eventually you did do that. You yeah, know, you had ideas, you made it work. What I'm were you what were you up. missing that then back then? Um, I think as you well, for one, as you do game design, you kind of notice certain certain patterns of what works and what doesn't. So I definitely I definitely leveled up there. And I, and I also, I think one of the other things is you just kind of have to, you can't expect everything you do to be like massive amounts of, of, of every prototype you make or every game ID you have to be massive amounts of fun. Like you're, there's, there are going to be certain things that do sound great on paper or, or in your head or whatever. And when you actually implement them, they're, they're, they're not great. And I, and the other part is like, all these little design details that that you, you like decisions you make as you go from your first idea to a re fully realized game like there's so many decisions that you make there right. that, that like i i feel like if I, I i'm if i'm thinking about one of those failed game ideas i had at that time mm -hmm. and i was gonna take the george of now and apply everything i know i could probably make a more fun game Right. Then, then, then the so you, George of that time. Did you have the expectation at the time of like, you thought what it was, you were going to implement it and it was just going to work? Kind of. I will. I was, because it's, it felt so fun in my head. Yeah. Like, like I had, I had this game where it was kind of like, it was a foos, it was a vertical foosball table and you were trying Is to. Is this the, you're talking about the failure? Workshop, yeah. Right? The, the game I, yeah. The game I, I was talking through during the failure workshop. Like right. that was, yeah, that was that was a game that sounded great in my head. And when I just implemented it, it was, it was really, it was really bad. And actually I lost the code for that. Okay. So I kind of had to recreate, I had to create that game. I still had a few of the design docs I did and right. I had to create that game from, from scratch trying to simulate, uh, what it was like, what it was like. Uh -huh. but like I said, the, the, the George of now, can can make some of those small decisions that, that like and so i had to i had to tweak some variables like like i naturally made the speed of like so it was a, it was like a game that spawned cats cats and mice right and, and you're, the game is a lot so better people if, know like you like you move the, the things yeah. up and down and it would oh, stop yeah. the cats and let the mice through is that type yeah of yeah like there are these bar barricades like food on foosball sticks essentially right. and you would slide them up and down to to let the cats and mice through without letting the without having a cat eat a mouse, okay. they could they couldn't collide with each other. Okay, and I thought it'd be this great like uh, multitasking kind of like thing that would tickle your brain in the right way, mm -hmm. and it just turned out crap. <laughs> <laughs> and but but it's not as crappy if the 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 spawn rate of the cats and mice is a little bit more is a little bit slower and more manageable. And sure. I think naturally when I when I recreated that game. I made, I just, I just, the, the, the initial variables I, I yeah. signed for like the, the timers, I just, I just, hmm. I just made it, made them a lot slower initially. So, so to, you could help make a little bit better a game now than you would have back then. Yeah, I, I, I think so. And so for that talk, I actually, I was like, okay, this actually feels <laughs> not like the worst game ever. <laughs> what was different from this and the one I, and sure. I made before. And yeah. then I just, I had to, I just, I, I turned those numbers way up. Yeah, and 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 made this stream of cats and cats and mice, and then I was like, "Oh yes, okay, this is sufficiently bad now." <laughs> I remember. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, cool. 
All right. So then was the Wrath of the Gopher, was that kind of like the first one you made? Where that was the first was one like, I made. Like, yeah. Oh, all right. This is not bad. Yeah. Like, like that was, it was, it was around that time where I was questioning if I should be a game designer. And I, I, I prototyped that one out on paper actually. Mm. Like, so I, it was, it was that, you know, that Hamilton path and I, I took many squares of index paper and it was, it was going to be a vacuum cleaner at first going, going around, right. picking up all the, that, you know, that it actually kind of, if you think about that, it kind of makes sense. Like when you vacuum your, your rug, you kind of make that yep. path and you, it's obviously not as up. efficient to go over the same space you just went over. Right. Um, and I, I guess my instinct then was just to like a vacuum cleaner isn't as exciting as like, like ravaging a, a cabbage patch where, the the you know the the way you lose is the farmer comes and finds you mm-hmm. with this and he's like all angry and he's got his pitchfork and he like bonks you on the head so so yeah I think I think that theme's a little bit better than than uh, a a a, uh, <clears throat> a vacuum cleaner even though even though more people can can probably relate to the 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 idea of vacuuming itself mm-hmm. in a path like that so. Sure. I prototyped that out on like with squares of index paper, like cut, I cut squares of index paper and it seemed pretty fun. Like just to go through and flip them over one by one as mm-hmm. I was laying out. And then, yeah, I just went from there and I, I, I programmed this kind of like brute forced, uh, puzzle generator. It would, <laughs> I didn't really know how to do it. Otherwise it would just, it would just you had, go. You, you generated the, the puzzles yeah, algorithmically. They were yeah, they were randomly generated. Wow, that's really interesting. It um, wasn't very. It wasn't. If you look at the code though, but it wasn't. It wouldn't be like. Well, it's interesting. You took that approach. I think a lot of people who make puzzle games. They just they just brute force. Just like, they just like start writing puzzles. Oh, like like uh, non-random puzzles, kind of. Yeah. I oh mean, yeah. Like I'm making the puzzles, and I'm going to have to like draw them out, right? Oh like, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I, I I feel like most puzzle games are made that way. I guess I guess for a game to fit there, it would have to be random because otherwise, um. So you you know the games are all about kind of something that tests your skill, uh-huh. and you could you could play them. You could you know, log in every day and play it, play them over and over again. And if you do okay. well enough in the game, you get some tickets. Okay. So if the, if the, so if the puzzles the are static, it's like, it's like Minesweeper or something. Yeah. Right? It's, okay. it's, it's a lot akin to Minesweeper. Right. And yeah. So my, my algorithm was just like randomly walking for one of four directions until you hit a, you hit a wall. Right. Um, and then toss out all the ones that, that yeah, I was gonna say there up. must be situations where it kind of wraps itself in a circle. Yeah, and like it's not viable, right? Yeah, so. and just at the end, check check if it fills enough of the screen. Uh-huh. And if if not, just just try again. So so yeah, yeah it was. Uh, that's I think it's actually fairly sophisticated for probably your experience at that time. Yeah, you were like designing randomly generated puzzles. Yeah. So. Well, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So, I mean, I don't think I, th- I think that's the game that I mean no one no one really played played that like I don't think yeah, it was I think it was a decent game. Some of my friends still say that's their favorite game of mine, but, but <laughs> I did yeah, it's sure. it's definitely not my favorite. Right, right, right. Made. Okay. Well, let me um let me go into one thing else you mentioned there that you kind of designed it as like a paper prototype first mm-hmm. um now so i know you're you know you're into board and card games too yeah. right yeah was that true throughout this period of time or did that come later through that 
like that I was like into high, board and card games. Yeah, yeah, like high school, college. High school. Like, did that affect your design as well, or like um, probably subconsciously? Like, so I was, I've, I don't think I would say I was into board games until much later when I when we had a board game group at at Blizzard. Okay, um, I did play like I played like you know the ones that everyone. Like, yeah, and even some, just whatever my friends had. Right. Um, we, my, one of my friends had Talisman, that okay. board game, and we were pretty big on that. And, but one, the game that we did play was, was Magic the Gathering. Sure. We, I was, I was pretty into that and not, not throughout my whole life. There was, there, I had on and off years, of course, but yeah, that, that, that would be the game I could point to that I was, you know, I would, I would, I would say that I was into did that interest you from a game design perspective? Did you think of it that way, or you were just enjoying it as a player? I, I, not no, not yeah. I guess not as a game designer. I just, I just really something about the game really, really is so compelling to me. Yeah. Like, well, what so what do you like about Magic? It's, I okay. So to start, like it was, it was one of those games. I don't like. I had two instances in my life where I was like. That game just looks like it would be a ton of fun, <laughs> or just even reading about reading about it. What do you mean like, looks like 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 the the art, or just the oh, no. concept of like you're you're opening it's, packs and you're building I, up I decks. And... It's it's not even like it's just the vibe it gives out from the people that are playing it, or okay. either, either or little tidbits of stuff I would read about it. Okay, like uh, Magic was one of those, and uh, I remember reading about the, this old this this. Uh, I ended up playing on the Super Nintendo, like Bomberman was another mm, one where I was yeah. just like, I would just read little tidbits about it and go, okay, that's super fun. That's gonna be fun yeah. Friends, we have to get, we have to get this. Bomberman. And I would get it. And, and it turned out to be like, I, I, that was one of my favorite games at that time. Yeah. Bomberman's great. Yeah. I love it. Um, so yeah, Magic was another one of those. And I convinced a few of my friends to go buy starter, starter packs with Before me. you had played the game at all? Yes. You just jumped in. I hadn't played it. I just. Did you I know just, it was a collectible card game? Did you understand that um, idea? I didn't really know how it worked really yeah. i just i think i i saw some people play it maybe i was like at a i think it was like a like one of those like sat prep classes and some people were playing it in the corner from from a different school so i didn't know them they looked like they were having fun and they were talking about things like a shivan dragon i'm mm -hmm. like whoa that game sounds cool and i don't know why i don't know what how i knew that like all the little things i picked up on like that i knew that that would be a really a, a game that would just like totally suck me in and make me like, yeah, make me super obsessed with, but it's yeah. Like I, and then I convinced two of my buddies to, to, to all pick up starter packs. We had a sleepover uh -huh. and we played like till I don't even know when <laughs> and that was like, it was like, so when you, so when you actually started playing the game, what was it that you really liked about it? Um, I think the, the core, like the, the, if I yeah, if I had to analyze it, it'd be one part the 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 core mechanic, which is um, you're expanding your mana base. Right. You're able to like the allure of like, oh, if I get to turn six and I lay out my sixth land, yeah, I'm getting stronger. I can yeah, and then turn seven, I can lay my seventh land down, and that the thing I can cast then is even stronger. Right. And I think this just had a really solid like like back and forth interaction. And and so there is there is that part of it, and then there is the, I think the collection aspect, I I did I did like, but that might have been the the, 
yeah that that was definitely like the collection part of it like because i guess i i have a bit of that in me too like i like so so that's that that's what also spoke to me like trading with my friends and like oh like oh did you hear about that rare card that Mm -hmm. that just came out and then of course like like being kind of creative it creative person i think the creativity aspect spoke to me too like i can build this deck in one of any possible ways i want to and i can i can you know show off like oh i i I made these two cards work together in a way that that we that people had never seen before and i can i can i can win at the same time like check this out friends like right right so and then just like would you stay current with like things that people were trying in in the you know the wider community or was it like you guys no, just, you got various packs it was and, before the internet yeah so it was you were making stuff up as it you was went. yeah it was mainly like amongst our circle of friends yeah. kind of and then none of us none of us knew what we were doing at first like yeah. none of us knew like how to like like um there's a there's a deck size of you have to have at least 60 cards yep none of us followed that at first we would just jam whatever we would buy new booster packs we would just jam whatever cards more cards we had better and i believe i was the one that first (laughs) i I had the great innovation of like hey i'm you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna take these horrible cards out of my deck and go down to as as few as i can and play with just the 60 card deck and let's see how that works yeah Yeah. and of course of course yeah due to variance and, and yeah all that probability good stuff like it, it is a lot better and i think also there's like five different colors of mana and magic and if you and we were we were naturally at first we we didn't know any better so we were just playing all five in our in our decks wow. <laughs> if um, you're all doing it i guess it's yeah kind of that's kind of the the beauty of it like no one knew what they were doing so the games were it was they weren't too lopsided because we were all being stupid at the same time and yeah. and, and then if everyone has the same handicap like the games are pretty pretty even Right. But then we all kind of leveled up as a group. Like I was, I made a deck that was just one color and yeah. that I would always be able to get, I would always be able to get the right color of mana. And yeah. that fun, so, that stage sounds fun. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You're like figuring the game out and you're not sort of yeah. spoiled by the outside world. You yeah. Know? I think, I think it had to be in that, that right environment, not, not having the outside, yeah, outside information, like kind of. Like that that sense of that sense of discovery you definitely need, or else if someone just tells you what's good, I don't think it's quite as enjoyable. Yeah. Do you get the same value out of Magic now? That you did um, so since then, I've there's been other ways to play Magic that I really right. enjoy now, like like drafting. You mean, yeah, or? yeah, exactly. Drafting. Like, right. like I think if drafting didn't exist, I wouldn't be playing Magic. Yeah. I, I'm yeah, I'm a pretty big Magic nerd, and I think I think it's. I'm only playing magic these days because drafting is yeah. one way to play. Like yeah. I don't, I don't really like the way we were playing when I first started that, that'd be called casual constructed magic yep. nowadays. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I would be playing just, just for that. I don't think that's interesting yeah. enough to me anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned before we started, I don't really have the magic bug, but I, I respect the draft game. I mean, I think that that seems like a really interesting. Scenario. Yeah. It's, it's I mean, it's, it's yeah, cool, you know, it's, it's the basic concept, right? You got a bunch of stuff you're not expecting, and then since you can draft it, everyone gets access to it. And yeah, you got to figure out what to do with it. Right? That, that's the great part about it. Everyone's at, at a level playing field besides, you know, just skill level. Like yep. like whereas in 
casual constructed or constructed magic, it's it was always in those groups. It's, it kind of degenerated to whoever had the most income to spend on yeah. the yeah. most powerful magic cards. Would you guys buy specific cards back then? Uh, no one. I, I've heard of groups where one person just like like makes it horrible for everyone else. Um, our group wasn't like that as much. We would spend things here and there, but none of us were like that. We, none of us were willing to spend that much on, on magic. So everyone's, everyone's decks would kind of level up very slowly. Um, Mm -hmm. just adding cards here and there, but nothing, nothing overtly powerful. Right. Right. So that was, that was healthy and, and good and kept us playing for, longer than we might have otherwise right okay cool well i just thought it'd be good to talk about yeah <laughs> talk about magic a little bit like it's uh it's definitely a big part of my my game yeah how do you feel like it's career. informed you as a designer um like now you know in the long run i would say i would say the reason one of the reasons it's the like it's a value to me is i don't i don't find many other cases where I can I can play a game and get tons of like tons of literature on how that game was made like especially not not so much in the digital game space like I mm-hmm. like people don't necessarily make make it as open like the process open as they could be and whereas Magic's lead designer is just so like he he's he has like a weekly column and then mm-hmm. he has a blog that he right. like talks about magic. And it's just like with every new set that comes out, they kind of, they kind of totally divulge exactly what went into the, why they made all these design decisions and how they, how they're planning to keep magic fresh and what, what things they're like, what things they, what, what things they try to avoid. Cause they know like, right. like these would be missteps. Yeah. And that 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 might be the the most valuable thing just that, that the, the pro, they make it so open like yeah. what they're doing so, so it's, it's fun to see a work in progress and understand yeah. it right? yeah so like that's sort of my like as a game designer i don't think it's great to spend you know so much of your time playing one single game like right. i think i think ideally you'd want to play something until you can kind of see why it's why what what draw it has and then go to something else just to, to, to broaden your horizons and like learn about a little, like something else. But magic's just really fun to me. And that's the excuse I give is because like, as each expansion comes out, I can kind of, I can kind of figure out how they did things for this new expansion. That's that's just, that's just what I, what I like about it. Cool. All right. So I guess now we're jumping back to, uh, you know, your, the company was, I guess going down, right? Yeah. uh, You got, you got laid off. Yeah. I got I got my time to work on my my independent games festival submission. Yeah, and uh, so that was is that what you were making it for at that time? Yes. Okay. Yes. Well, I just I I, I just stumbled upon it, and I what, was like, what year really would this have been? This it ended up being the two thousand two uh, the two thousand two awards. So I think I was, was working on this in two thousand one. Was that like part of the second or third? I think or? it was the second one. I think okay. second wow. or third. So you must have been. Well, I'm getting pretty well to know, like, to pay attention to that. Yeah, I think I'd gone to GDC. Maybe I, I, I went to the first independent games festival uh, pavilion or wherever it was, uh-huh. and I, I, I went around and checked out, checked out the different games that were there. Right. I think I was looped in from that from that class at Berkeley, where where we were doing 
we were yeah we were doing that game development and then they they had a bunch of us volunteer at GDC right, right. so I, I was aware of it and then the independent games festival just sounded so cool at yeah. the time and that so was I, a great I, idea and it just took a while to really <clears throat> take off but you know like at the you know it could have it could have petered out but it, it mm-hmm. now it's a yeah, huge, obviously, huge, yeah, huge it's, deal. It is, it so is enormous. It's interesting that you were aiming for it that early. Yeah, no, just something about it just just seemed so neat. So yeah, I knew I had to enter something mm-hmm. in it. All right. So what was what was your idea from the beginning? Like, what was um, it? it was okay. So so like at this at this uh, at my job at this company, I we kind of play a bunch of different Java games mm-hmm. for research. And I came across one that I was like, it, it was so like, I don't know. It's called Risky Planet. Okay. I don't think, I don't even know if you can find it anymore, but it was a Java game where you, you, your, your, your cursor is kind of this square like this, that's protecting these, these little miners from acid rain. Okay. And you just kind of have to hover like, as an, like, as if you're holding an umbrella, hold this cursor over them over them as they're walking back and forth and mining hmm. minerals and then you can there was this upgrade scheme on the top of the screen where you could increase the size of your square so you could you could umbrella more miners at once hmm. or you could buy more miners and um i played the game for i played the game for such a long time i don't I, like i was like whoa there's something about this that's that's awesome but you know I only played it because some, I think someone else at the office po- pointed pointed it out to me mm. and said that there was something there because the um, the mechanics themselves were so like like I'm I'm sure I'm forgetting some things but I just remember there was so much about it that that didn't really make sense like mm. it was it was really it would be it's a really hard game to kind of to parse the mechanics and see what, see what's going on. Like it's a square hub. Like the miners didn't look like miners. They were like little really badly drawn, like blocks or some, some, right. something or another. And so I just got me thinking like, what, what if I could, I, I wanted to take what was so compelling about that game and overlay like maybe some, yeah, some, some mechanics that people could pick up a lot quicker mm-hmm. per, per se. So, I, I came up with the idea of everyone knows how to feed fish. So click, click on the screen, drop fish food, watch as the fish go eat it. If they turn green, then you know, they're hungry. So you want to feed them more. And then every, every pellet of food costs a little bit of money. Uh-huh. And then the, so I, I made it this kind of like, um, the, uh, the economy side of an RTS in disguise, it, it <laughs> disguise is something really sure. Did, did something you, everyone knows how to do. Did you play RTS games? Yeah, I, I, okay. Starcraft. I was big on Starcraft, and the, Dune Two. I played played a good amount right, of. Right, right. And, and you explicitly thought of like I'm taking I'm borrowing this bit of from RTS games and putting it into a casual game. Uh, I'm not sure if I thought that at the time. I it was it was more from playing that game that that, that Java thinking? game and like I'm, this is way into it. But like you know, reflecting on it, it's like it is to, it is taking like those elements of an RTS like and overlaying like this this really easy to understand metaphor over it so um well so what i had to do that didn't make sense in real life is instead of pooping poop these fish poop money so right so (laughs) the bigger fish poops diamonds the insane part 
Yeah, yeah. Well, well, and aliens come and attack oh, the fish right. tank. Okay. Yeah. Right. Okay. So <laughs> we're getting there. Yeah. One step at a time. Yeah. And then you know, naturally, it's just like it's it's. I think everyone gets it, right? Like, oh, I have a fish that poops out gold coins. Uh-huh. Click on the coins. Yep. Get get a hundred bucks. Buy another fish. When you grow that fish to full size, it starts pooping coins. Right. And then pretty soon you just have this, this, this like all these fish, all all like all pooping tons of coins and. Um, just like, then you can buy bigger fish that eat the small fish for, for mm. you have to figure out what to feed them. And it was just kind of like this, um, like, I guess this ecosystem economics arcade shooter, because the, when the aliens would come, it'd be kind of like a arcade shooter where you, you would click on the screen to fire lasers into the fish tank and then mm-hmm. deflect the aliens. You wanted to deflect them away from your, from your fish because right. they would eat them otherwise. And just that formula was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty proud of it at, for, for, for what it was at the time. Right. And there's, there's still a lot of people that people, a lot of people ended up playing it. I still get people telling me, Oh, I really love the Santa Aquarium. Yep. Um, yep. but yeah, that was just, that was the idea I had that I wanted to enter in the IGF. Okay. Yes. And so once you got laid off, you were able to, you were able to make the game. And- yeah. And you entered it, and I entered it, and and it uh, it got uh, best game design that mm-hmm. year. So that was that was That's that cool. was one of the happier moments in, in my life. I right. I think I like was a lot of validation there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it it would not it would never make that like it was it was a really crude Java prototype. Uh-huh. Like you could tell. You could play it, and people were getting addicted to it. Right, but it just wouldn't hold up to the level of scrutiny like uh, IGF games would nowadays. Like it would, I don't even, I I doubt it would even be nominated <laughs> nowadays. It's just like the level, the bar has gotten, yeah, the world gotten is, so high. Like, times have changed, yeah. But it's, you often wonder if they they need like the new the IGF for the IGF, right? Right, yeah, <laughs> like like uh, a sub IGF within <laughs> an an I IGF or something, yeah, but. You know, I like to think that there was still something there. Yep. Um, it was it was a very crude Java version, and then being in that in that IGF pavilion, where the the, the booths where people could come yep. by, that's mm-hmm. um, that's when I, I I met some people from PopCap Games, okay. and that's how that all started. Like I actually in doing the research at at Arcade Planet, I I stumbled upon PopCap Games, the the site, whatever it was. That was you know when it was just a small collection of web games, yep. and I, I noticed like, hey, these games are all pretty pretty good. Yeah, and so I, I that that made me really want to reach out to them and ask ask if they're going to be at GDC and yeah. I, I asked them to come by and check out check out my booth and then we just started talking from then they decided to um bring me in and publish they wanted to publish a a deluxe version of Insane Aquarium which okay. they were they were doing that that whole like they would make java versions of games and then they would eventually make a deluxe windows downloadable game right. and so they they would walked the java me, version be free the people? java version was was free and yeah. then the deluxe version is all fancy and yep. better graphics and it would cost like 20 bucks. Yep. And so they, they, they brought me in and then we, we, um, yeah, we made Insane Aquarium together. And that was also the, was you, where were you working then? Was that up in Seattle or something local here? Or? No, they, so <clears throat> I, I made, 
I made Insane Aquarium just during uh, just from my from from home around here. Okay. In the Bay Area. Okay. And so, and you, but you were a PopClap employee. At that oh point? no, I actually. Were, so okay. that was one of the other. That was one of the toughest decisions in my life, is because it was during that time when I was looking for a job in the games industry. I'd been laid off right yep. from from Arcade Planet, and my dad was telling me, "Go just." just take any old programming job, yep. make some money. And I was holding out. Um, I, and I, I, I got offers in that time from PopCap. I could have been employed like number six or something. Really? Or wow. three, something yeah. Or uh-huh. my other dream job, which was to work at Blizzard. Yeah. And, um, I, I like remember asking so many people like, you know, the people I knew in the games industry, like, you know, what do you think? And it, I, I mulled over it like endlessly, but I think, I think in the end, like I'd grown up in the Bay area and mm-hmm. Blizzard, Blizzard had offices right here. Right yeah. here. Mm-hmm. And so, and I, I just love Blizzard games. And yeah, so sure. that was what tipped the scales in the end. So right. I ended up going to Blizzard and yeah. But you were fortunately, finishing, but you were but, the game yeah, because because I had started working on San Aquarium, we worked something out. So you had a contract so, with them or something, basically. Yeah, and then so I would be I would be doing, um, I would be AI programming for what ended up being Diablo three, right? At and I I I didn't I wasn't yeah I, I would be doing that during the day and then going home and programming the deluxe version of San Aquarium at night. Right. That was pretty horrible. Yeah, I bet. I, you, you just like, if it was anything but more programming, then right. it would have been fine. But just like doing one thing, one using one part of your brain over and over for 24 hours, that's just, uh, it makes you want to kill yourself. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. So, how long did that, that last? Was, it, and it also lasted much longer than thought I thought it would because, you know, shipping a, a real game that you're going to sell to yeah, people, it sure. just always takes longer. So and it was just you working on it, basically? Um, it was so, so PopCap uh, hooked me up with some of their internal artists. So they were doing the art. One one artist painted the backgrounds and yeah. another artist took my, the sketches I had for the, the Java version and made 3D rendered versions of those. Okay. And so the art was, was PopCap. Um, and the programming design was, was, was me. And I had, I had help from a few other programmers. I, I contracted here and there just because my dad helped a little bit oh, with the programming nice. too, which is, I'm, I'm very thankful because I was also, you know, doing so much typing and programming. I was getting like, uh, tendonitis in my hand, in oh, my wow. wrists. So, yeah. uh, my dad pinch hitted the, 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 uh, the task of programming that game. Right. For me, so I was very thankful for that. Right, and at Blizzard, they were they knew what you were doing, and they were okay with it. And... They were okay with it because they they I don't think that they would have their I don't think their precedence was to be, but because I had started, right, it was a it was a I started it was it was kind of like well here's where yeah, like I had come into the to the company with this project half yeah. finished. They carved something out. That yeah. was like an exception. It's pretty unusual. It but, it uh, was. It was. Yeah. All right. But you did. You got the game finished. I eventually got the game finished. And and uh, were you happy with it? Yeah. It was. I was. I was really happy with it. It was. It was a pretty big hit for PopCap at that time. Yeah. Like it. It was. 
I think it outsold any of their other games in it, like in the like it sold faster than any of the other games up to that point. Wow. Um, for the first few days when it was out, I don't know. It's not. It doesn't. It's not one of their biggest hits ever, but. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a good. Yeah, game it was a time. good game for the time. Yeah. And there's if you if you go back and check it out, there's a lot of things that you can see. Like, oh, here's the here's the George fan signature design. Sure. Like, Click on resources to <laughs> click on resources. All <laughs> well, the to, coins pop yeah. out. And yeah, you click on them, right? That's so. that's kind of been a, a running theme through a lot of my games. Yeah, so it's interesting. So now you're you've left that. You're working on a core game, right? You're working on Diablo three. Yeah. Did you feel like you were leaving something behind in the sense that like you had made this really successful casual game? Well, it was. Now I'm get um. <clears throat> it was. It wasn't like. It was, it was, I had, I had been, I'd been working on Diablo three for about maybe like, yeah, a couple of years, year and a half, maybe before I released in San Aquarium. So mm-hmm. it was kind of during that time that was, it was happening. So I was kind of doing both things at once. So it wasn't as much leaving one behind for the other. Sure. But, um, yeah, that's a, that is a long time. Wow. Yeah. Uh, all right. But well, it was, maybe we should start from the beginning with Blizzard then. So. You know, you joined Blizzard. Yeah. And they, they hired you to be an AI programmer. Yeah, I was an AI programmer. Not a designer. Yeah. Well, the way the way they had it, they said it would work is like everyone at Blizzard is contributes to design. design. Sure. And I was by, you know, by title AI programmer, but I would go to a lot of the yeah. class cool. design design meetings for, you know, what the class skills were. And yeah. well, AI, AI programmers tend to have design responsibilities sort of by de facto anyway. I, ha- I had this big, like, it, it, I had this big, like, I want to like, like, yeah. So I was, I was in charge of monster, monster right. AI. Okay. Monster and, behavior and whatnot. Yeah. And you know, I'll, I'll just say, I don't, I don't think I was the best at that mm-hmm. in the end. It was, I don't, I don't know. I wasn't, the, I didn't, I didn't feel like I fit in the best. At, I, I think I'm, 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 my place is, you know, as a designer in kind of leading these, my own games that kind of right. are, are maybe a little bit less hardcore. Sure. So, um, yeah, well, tell me, tell me what it was like to like, I mean, when you sort of swalk through the doors of Blizzard, you must have yeah. sort of had this. I was, yeah, it's pretty like starstruck right. and yeah, like starry eyed, all these. Right. Kind of, yeah. And, and so what was, you know, what was it like the first, first few months of like <clears throat> getting to like work on that team well there you know as you know there was like blizzard north didn't end up making a bulk of diablo 3 yeah like it was it was a time when i I feel like the people that would like i i I wanted to work at blizzard so i could like be a sponge and and just get all this like just have all these these visionaries that the people that made diablo 2 have have their like vision rub off on me some in some way and just kind of see how they did things and it was it was when i got there the vibe was like everyone was so tired from crunching for so long on diablo yeah. 2 that uh-huh. it was a kind of because kind of on like we were kind of i felt like the project was we were we were constantly just kind of treading water and trying trying things out that and maybe they wouldn't work and they would scrap them and no it was it was yeah we had no like solid direction for for a while 
and yeah, like uh, like it did start out as an MMO. And when I got there, it was it was it was more of uh, it was more of that was the direction it was in at first. Right. And then at some point, um, we someone decided to pare it down just 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 be more akin to Diablo two, right? And less ambitious. And were um, they working on WoW at the same time? Yeah, Blizzard South was working on World of Warcraft. Okay. So, so I got to play in the, the the alpha of that so that's pretty neat running running around a world with nothing populated like, n- like nothing populated and just like <laughs> i didn't they didn't really they didn't really like put end caps on the world either so you could just run off and just keep going into the horizon in certain directions and just like endless endless and like desert it was like it was really kind of surreal <laughs> so they they were happy to make that mmo but they felt like that wasn't appropriate for i think Diablo. i think they decided, but they probably decided something like you know, WoW was seemed really promising, and they yeah. they didn't really think think it made sense to launch two MMOs at once. At the same time, yeah, yeah. That, that's that was probably some of the decision, and and the fact that I don't I don't know if we as at Blizzard North were able to sh- produce something that showed that it would be a good good to take it in an MMO direction, right? So I think I think those are all factors, right? So yeah. Um, yeah, during my time there, I was I was programming AI for the monsters, but I was kind of leveraging that into like I wanted to I I, I wanted to try to get into the mechanical side of the monster design, mm-hmm. and <clears throat> I don't know I don't know if like, like maybe so in my one of my qualms about Diablo two was that every there's every monster you you kind of ended up fighting the same way. There was only one exception for me, which was the these shaman got like these these fallen shamans that could resurrect things around them. So, um, so the way I, the way I would fight those is I'd prioritize those first because yeah. no matter how many of the other of the other fallen, they're like these little goblin creatures. No matter how many of those I killed, they would always keep coming, res- back. Keep coming back unless I focused the uh, the shaman itself. So, and. So, so that was the one enemy in Diablo 2, which I felt kind of forced me as a player to change my tactic up. Everything else was just about, there's a guy coming at me, I'll beat him up, and that's yep. it. Um, so kind of my, my mission at during my time there was to try to, like, you know, I had this, like, sort of this document of, like, here are different ways you can... It was, it was inspired... One one game because one game I feel it does that really well is like the Zelda series I think does that. So I was trying to infuse a little bit of Zelda monster monster like combat into Diablo I guess. Right. That was that was but you know it's like it's pretty hard to do that at a bigger company. Um, I yeah. think I I think some of some of these that stuff might have carried through to Diablo the finished product of Diablo three but. Right. not not nearly as much as what i originally and you know maybe maybe diablo is not a game that where that where you, where you, where that's maybe that kind of stuff is not good for diablo actually <laughs> maybe you do want every every enemy to just come at you and you can just it's just as simple as them coming at you and you killing them cuz you know it's a lot about the the geometry of your spells and so you make, maybe you don't want to make it too complex. Or, yeah. so. That's always a tricky thing as a game designer. You can always add more more complexity and more depth or, or whatever, but 
you know, what, you know, what's the, what's the right balance for your game? Like, I, to me, what I always think of is like an MMO, you know, the creatures that you fight don't really have an AI. Like the AI is like a game mechanic. Right? Yeah. It's the, um, uh, aggro, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. it's, it's something the players manipulate. Yeah. And obviously like an AI programmer could write an algorithm where they behave realistically and do yeah. something totally differently, but that's not what those games are about. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the, 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 another trap is to, if you're the AI programmer, you make these, you're like, oh, I'll, I'll make these. I think I programmed a few enemies in Diablo 3 initially that ran away from you. <laughs> <laughs> right. And right. then I got a lot of flack for that. It's because it's like basically, like, I think one of the programmers was like, you're, you mean you're going to put something in the game that makes my loot? <laughs> takes my loot away from me further from me it's just like uh, i was like okay i guess i guess you're right yeah. yeah yeah so it's just you know you you can get too fancy i guess that's the thing like yeah. you, you go oh i think you know this this would be this would be something new and novel to do but then you know it's just not good for the game in the end sure yeah yeah so so i just i that i just had this document that kind of broke it down like Oh, here are the here are the game mechanics that fall under the like. I want to kill this monster first. Yeah, and then I tried to come up with a bunch of mechanics that also said like, if if this monster is in a group, I want to save him for last. Okay. Because um, I didn't uh, yeah. Because that's something that I didn't feel like was explored. Uh-huh. And um, I think I had some things where like, why they would had, you kill something last? Like... Um, I think my 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 idea was like some maybe one of them was like some some guy who was very sympathetic toward his his allies around him right. or something some 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 way oh, like if he and dies, then he would get he would get enraged and then go like go all crazy on you and yeah. that, that's it's like, funny how some there's some mechanics if you describe it abstractly it makes yeah. total sense like oh, okay there's there's a creature that you kill first, yeah. and there's a creature that you kill last. Like yeah. they'll seem even, but when you start wrapping a theme around it, it's right. like, well, it's really easy to do this one. You know, it's really easy yeah. to come up with a theme that's like, you gotta kill this guy first. But on the yeah. other hand, it's real hard to come up with a theme for why you kill this guy last. It was much harder for that one. And if you can't yeah. match a theme with it, then yeah. what are you gonna do, right? Yeah, there was there was another one where since AOE is just always good, I was yeah. I was like, well, what about something where you don't want to AOE? So I can't, I was like, what about these like this this cluster of eggs or something mm-hmm. and then each one you don't want to bro- break them all at the same time because there's yeah. like these like crazy scorpions inside or something and then you then hmm. you can't handle them off you if you bust yeah. them all open with aoe right and, but you know if you crack them open one at a time it's much more manageable some stuff like that where it's just like because a lot of i found that you know while i was there a lot of people would would suggest things for monster design or monster mechanic mechanical design and they would all they would all fall under like well here's an here's an instance of kill me first yeah. they would you know they they would do all this fancy stuff but in the end it just kind of amounts to this if, if this guy's on the screen guy. you got to kill this you guy first kill, right, so yeah. i was trying to i was trying to just like come up with different angles for that i think i think another one was just like stuff that zelda does which is like telegraphed attacks like mm-hmm. um runes appearing on the ground and and you know uh Maybe a boulder falls where the where the rune is or right, something, sure. stuff like that. Like that wasn't hugely present in Diablo two. Right. And that was just that was just the that was the angle I was approaching things at when I was at Blizzard. Okay. And, so were you there until the game got canceled or the the uh, studio got shut down? Oh uh, no. So I 
I left Blizzard a little bit before that. Okay. Um, because I just... And why did you leave? Um, I just, I felt like I, I guess, answered answered my calling, which is, I felt like I, I left to become an independent game right. developer, yeah. basically. I, fig- I, I felt the, the George fits better in, in, you know, as, yeah, like I said, lead, lead of these own more casual, more quirky, like, games. He fits better there than, than one AI programmer slash designer in, in, in all of, like, Blizzard North. So I just kind of, I just kind of realized that, and then I, I decided to strike out on my own, I guess. Right. And that's when I started to prototype Plants vs. Zombies. That okay. was right after that. So you quit and just on your own you started making Plants mm-hmm. vs. Zombies. Yeah, you weren't working for you weren't working for Popcap. I wasn't working for Popcap. So I you were kind of you thought you were basically doing what you did with this insane aquarium. Yeah, I thought I was doing that again. Game. Yeah. Um, All right. Well, um, well, I definitely want to spend some time talking about Plants vs. Zombies. Sure. So how did how did the idea begin? Was it always Plants vs. Zombies? It wasn't. It was Plants vs. Aliens. Okay. I thought I thought it was. Was that your basically initial idea? Um, it wasn't even the, like, it was kind of, it was kind of through thinking of sequel ideas for Insane Aquarium 2, which I was going to, I had these like bold designs of, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to take the economy from Insane Aquarium 1 and add, add on this layer of like, uh, I guess aliens would attack you in mass, like in, like in RTSs and you'd have this other fish tank, which you just you just build defensive fish in. Mm-hmm. And so it was, it, it was, it was kind of, yeah. It, instead of just being the, the economy game, it was also like this, this build your defenses game. And that kind of, and, and that led to me thinking, okay, well, it would be cool to do kind of a more defensive uh, take on Insane Aquarium. Also me, uh, Warcraft three was out and I was actually, I was playing more of the mods from Warcraft three than the game itself. Okay. Um, so I was, so you, you all just... the all, tower defense, right. they had, they had a, a bajillion tower defense mods that I, I went through a good, good portion of them. I just play each one once or twice, beat it and then go to the next one. And something about those was really, it really spoke to me. I was like, I don't, these, these are so addictive to me for some reason. And so I kind of, I kind of had the thought of making a, a, um, yeah, a, a game that a defense game basically, but at the same time I was, I was playing those games and I was noticing things about them that I really didn't like, for instance, I would, I would, um, I would build a a row of towers, a column of towers Mm -hmm. to, and the orcs would be, you know, navigating their way around it. And then I would, I would put the tower down that kind of trap the orcs, and suddenly the orcs would start attacking the towers themselves. And I was, I would, I always thought like, why didn't the orcs attack the towers Before. in the first place? Mm-hmm. So, so it was through things like that. And why did that happen in the in, in the, the, the in the game? That was just an artifact of Warcraft. Might have been basically. Might have been a yeah, like. Like part of the Warcraft Three AI, yeah. maybe and that's one of the weird parts of like 
game design within the Warcraft 3 editor yeah. is like half the stuff you get is just random junk. From yeah, the game. it was just incidental, right? Yeah. And so that, well, that it also, yeah, so that bugged me. And then just some of the, some of the like, the whole like mazing concepts. And I just, I just felt it was a little bit like the idea that you could continuously put a tower down to send the AI orcs in another direction and then lift that tower to make them run back and forth. It's it's a a technique called juggling. I just wanted to avoid that. Like, because I felt it's, I I felt very unsatisfied when I, when I, it's not a very fun thing to do. It wasn't fun for me. Like, but I felt like I wasn't playing at the utmost potential unless I was doing that. Right. Um, So I was looking for a way to create a defense game that was kind of tower defensey without without any of like anything that didn't make sense like that or 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 encourage things that weren't as fun um mm-hmm. so that, it was just all these things that i was thinking about when i was playing these games and it just i just took them all and and yeah that that was that was the that, that was the kind of all these things together kind of inspired what plants vs zombies ended up being like i had instead of having the orcs run around the towers, I just had them, I had the zombies run toward all your plants, like all the time. Like they were there. The, the plants you plant are always in the way of the zombies. And, and when a zombie, when a plant gets in the way of zombies, it'll always eat it. So I kind of, I kind of came up with the idea. Like I, I had in my head, like, I'm like, I wonder if it'd be interesting to have these like five single lane, mini tower defense games you're playing Mm-hmm. All at all at once. Um, How did you come up with the idea of the single lane? Like, I think I, I think the single lane was from like um, it, that the whole like I wanted the zombie to just kind of chew its way through always be attacking the, the towers as it was and and just be moving in one direction right and but I thought that wouldn't be interesting enough so well, kind of kind well, of that's why I had multiple lanes multiple lanes kind of would 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 alleviate that I thought I think I was. Just that was probably subconsciously inspired by something like Tapper, that old the old hmm. root beer Tapper, or yeah. or yeah, the the old like arcade game, right? Um, so where where you're kind of like multitasking and juggling different, yep. all all these different lanes at once, and um, yeah, so I proto- I prototyped it, and then you know for a while it was it was it was going to be plants. The game was called Weedlings at first because I thought the plants were going to be the um the star of the show and uh-huh. i needed an, an a, a antagonistic force so i i just decided to bring the same aliens from insane aquarium they would just attack your plants now right because i guess they decided they were sick of seafood and they wanted to they were like <laughs> vegetarians now or some, something right and and then um not really sh- i don't do i remember how zom- i think zombies came about because i i wanted some well, plants came about because I, I I I thought they could be great for for something that stays in one place and shoots at something, and I could give them personality. Right. And people would never question why they're standing in one place, which was another qualm I had with those. Like I played a tower defense game where instead of building towers, you built knights or yeah. something, and the stuck. knights the knights would never move from their <laughs> their original location. I was like, yeah. why why don't you walk two steps? And just so you can swing your sword at this this, the, the, this monster, and so yeah, it was in a way. Plants vs Zombies theming was born through like all these 
tower defense games I played and didn't like certain aspects of. Right. Um, so when did the when did the zombies come in then? The zombies kind of came because I I like I knew the game. I knew I wanted the game to take place on one screen because I think I think what um, my 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 area of, of I think my area of game design that I'm I kind of focus on is uh, just kind of. I guess you would call it like making things really casual. So I, I, I kind of felt like one thing that I've seen people get tripped up on is once the game gets bigger than one screen, you have to have scrolling controls. Yep. So so for that reason, I knew like if I can keep this game on one screen, I did want to. So you and just I, gave yourself that constraint. Yeah. And then went from there. And yeah. And and um, anything that wasn't a zombie kind of felt like it was a little bit too fast. Like like it like zombies were perfect because the 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 speed i wanted the characters to move across the screen just fit like the like what what people know zombies as to be slow right and so that way i could keep everything on one screen but as the zombies were slowly plotting towards you 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 could have time to set up your defenses do like strategize like to plant plant plants in the right lane and save up enough money to choose the right plants you wanted to for for whatever right. whatever different zombies were attacking you did you literally try with aliens at some point like i was functioning and mm-hmm. just like it looked weird i, I had i had an uh like i don't think i have it anymore but i had an early build with aliens and it was actually not the five lane version either it was more like traditional like tower defense where you could where you could maze the the, the enemies and i was writing like oh. i was trying to, I, I was looking into a star pathfinding yeah, yeah. and all, all that, all that good stuff. And, um, I, I had an early build where you had to, it was more focused cause I just made in San Aquarium. Right. And that was a game where you kind of, it's, it's one part nurturing, nurturing your fish tank. And, and the other part is, you know, the, the whole, the, uh, econ- building your economy mechanic. And I thought, Oh, why not mix that with like, um, a, a tower defense game where you're you're kind of doing the whole nurturing thing with the right. plants. So I had I had a build where you were kind of actually taking these seeds, putting them to the ground, actually you know watering, watering them, them. Hmm. waiting for them to grow. And when they grow up, they would they would be these like uh, like uh, radishes that you'd pluck out of the ground, and those would give you money. Okay. So you could buy the uh, catapults that launch cabbages at. I okay. think they were called cabbage bolts even back then, and those would those would they would you know they were they weren't the fire lane so they would auto aim at wherever the if there were the enemies that were in range, right. and so it was more at the, at that point it was more of like a a a gardening like there was a more heavy emphasis on gardening, right. and you had you had to kind of do that while you were maintaining your defenses, right. and it just the, the I don't know if there would would have been a way to implement it but the way i did it just felt like a chore it felt like a complete chore it, it right. didn't like having it implemented it didn't it didn't add anything to the game and like like sometimes you try stuff like that and then you, and then just the the synthesis of it all like it, it it's a good it's a good like thing to to kind of keep your attention occupied like on on a small scale while you're focusing on something big. Sometimes it, it it adds up to something bigger than than those two individual parts. But in this case, it didn't. So right. I decided to 
take out all the all the 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 gardening nurturing aspects of it and so like yeah as as you know in plants versus zombies when you put a plant down you don't have to tend to it anymore yeah. you just you just have to have the initial initial sun to to plant it so right. so yeah it went through a lot of iterations like that yeah it sounds like it's some radically different versions of the game yeah and and there was even one there was a version of the game inspired a lot more by magic the gathering oh okay and um the the remnants of what that does, are actually how like, does that work exactly so you know um when you um like they're they the icons on the top of the screen they're seed packets yep and um during one of at one point you instead of just choosing which seed packets you had up there mm -hmm. you instead would kind of craft a deck of seed packets so you stack them up oh and then you kind of you kind of say oh i want 10 percent sunflower seed packets 10 percent pea shooter seed packets 10 percent yeah. walnut seed packets and then and they you know, would kind of come randomly and then then the, that whole if you imagine it was like a deck of sure. seed packets they would shuffle up and they would come down this, con this conveyor belt so that's kind of like those modes you get sometimes in the game yeah where, well yeah you know, it's like six or seven types and they kind of come in yeah the conveyor order. belt yeah. was actually uh, a remnant like we we ended up using it as like kind of like a like a something to mix up the gameplay right but yeah that was that was oh, a remnant of that original magic the gathering variant <laughs> on yeah it's easy to think that's like sort of influenced by magic yeah yeah it was there was even some i think i had some drafting mechanics kind of kind of queued up too but just um it was it was the point where i we had those that that randomized deck of cards deck of seed packets in the game and i just was like you know i'm just gonna try like cooldown timers instead just to see if you kind of it kind of captures the same feel anyway and if right. we really need because people were also getting tripped up on like you could easily screw yourself over and not pick the right ratio of Appliance. sunflowers to okay. like and also it was really like so i think it dealt you three three cards to three three seed packets to start the level uh -huh. and we had to kind of cheese that and say like one of those is always a sunflower as long as you yeah. know it was just like if you if you got delta an initial three cards of no sunflowers it was just like you're, you're, you're just the game is just you're over mana screwed your mana screwed exactly <laughs> and yeah so so it's just that was just that was the magic inspired iteration of of, of PBZ right and so we, we yeah we did we definitely went through a lot of different. Yeah, I've always wondered about mechanics. the cooldown timers in that, like, it seems like it works, but I was also, like, I kind of wonder what the game would be like without them. Yeah, um, if, if you could instantly plant. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're still limited by your money, right? Yeah. So. It's, oh, what, oh, so, so yeah, justifying think, what, the cooldown yeah, timers. Yeah. Well, I think there's, it just gives you one more thing to, like. One more knob. One more knob, like, yeah. something like the cherry bomb. Right. I don't want that, like. Like if I didn't have a cooldown timer, I would probably need to price it a lot higher. Yeah. But I wanted it to, uh, something like um, those old school shoot 'em ups where you had three, you know, you had this this like raid in the space shoot 'em ups where you had your 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 plane and you had three bombs that you could use that yes. kind of get out of jail free things. And yeah. it's just kind of like, well, so the cherry bomb. I want it to, you know, I don't want it to cost too much, but I don't want you to have access to it all the time if you use it then you're gonna have to wait a while before you use another one so you have to use it strategically or tactically tactically or yeah right. so it get yeah, you're right it gave me another knob to to work with um 
and something that hopefully was more like more intuitive. Like I, I, I even wrestled with like in the game, it's not called a cooldown. Um, I called it, I called it recharge in the game. Yeah. It's just like subtle things like that. Just because I just was like, well, maybe, maybe more people, you know, like gamers know what, what cooldowns are in games, but yeah. you know, just like, I just thought people, people have to wait for their, their, their phones to recharge all the time. Sure. So I just thought, I just thought that might make it a little bit more clear what's going on. Right. Just like little things like that. All right. So are you kind of getting close to a point now where it kind of clicked? And Plants vs. Zombies? Right. Yeah. Like I think, I think it, like when you got it, the five it just kept lanes. getting more and more fun. And then, and then, yeah, the five, once it got to five lanes and zombies and, uh, cooldowns instead of, instead of crazy Magic the Gathering decks. That's that's when I knew like okay here's there's something here for right. sure and right. we can just and then carry this forward and and make make a full game out of it yeah then it's just a question of variety yep you know coming yep. up with a bunch of cool variety p- tons and tons of polish eventually and yeah tons and tons of uh other like game modes yeah yeah I was but that yeah once it got to that point like that the hard part was all the the part that you don't know if you have a game worth completing is was 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 in the past. Yeah. Cool. Um yeah, I, I bring up Plants vs. Zombies all the time as like the, a great example of how like the theme of a game doesn't necessarily need to make sense. Mm-hmm. Especially yeah. if it like just does an incredible job of supporting the mechanics. Right? Oh yeah. Like if you just describe a tower defense game like a stationary object which attacks. Uh-huh. Um, although I guess obviously that implies mutant plants, not actual plants. Yeah. But a stationary object that you know attacks versus a slow, dumb enemy. Mm-hmm. Like you could tell someone that, or you could just tell them plants versus zombies, and they basically they already get it. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's like the 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 fact that they're mutant is easier to sell than <laughs> than yeah. Like it's just I just I don't. I guess I'm 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 hoping people won't question that, but. You know they'll know that they're stationary, and that's 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 what I wanted to get out of that. Yeah, I mean it. It just you know you barely even need to explain much after that. Yeah, you know, once, that, once you get past the title, that's definitely like that's. I feel like that's the thing I focus on more than maybe like your average designer is like trying to like like I I give s- such weird art requests to to my artists like just because I'm so I'm so picky about whether the 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 theme of the game is going to communicate the mechanics like yep. I, I like i think also you know like a lot of early nintendo games did a good job of that like so i think i think just growing up with that maybe kind of infused that in me and I, and also just like there's a period of time when i was playing games and just kind of getting frustrated with with um how difficult they were to pick up i guess and so mm-hmm. that's just those all these like little incidents shaped me into like the kind of designer I am today where, where I focus on like I focus on making the game. Like if, if a game mechanic doesn't need to be there, I just, I just, I just take it out because the simpler I can make the game, then the, the easier it is, it's going to be for someone to pick up and play. And then, then the other side, the other thing I focus on is making the theme 
communicate the game mechanic as much as I can. Like just at, at all levels, like right. enemy design and like the theme of the game itself. Yeah. And well, even once you started with plants versus zombies, like beyond that, the different types of plants. Yeah. You know, you can theme them to paint, but you know, the walnut is like you know this yeah. stationary object that you know had, you know blocks them. Yeah. The goal is like if you know ideally someone that can't even read English would, would just see a picture of it and kind of maybe be able to infer what it does. And, you know, even so, even if they can't do that, then, then when they read the name, maybe that'll help a little bit too. And just like trying, trying all these angles of saying, okay, here's, and just, just here's something that you might, you might've encountered in real life or like you might've, you might've, you know, like handled a walnut for real, like like an actual walnut, and right. saying like, well, that's that's got a really hard shell, and therefore it would be harder for a zombie to right. to chomp yeah. through. And it's just know, stuff what, like that. What would make a you know fast, strong zombie? Well, I'll just put a football helmet yeah. on him, right? Yeah, and for like, sure. That's there you go. <laughs> yeah, just being very literal sometimes, and um, I think I think the advantage of the games I make though is like I can just be silly, and like that actually right. opens things up a lot. Like if I had to. I guess if I had to do something that was more like uh, isolated to one like universe or, or I don't know, like something that was that was more th- themed, like restricted theme wise, then I might have a harder time doing that. But, you know, like Plants vs. Zombies as a game, is it's it's nice that it's silly enough that I can just stick a football helmet on a zombie and call that OK. And yeah. and I'm, I'm cool with that because that helps that that really communicates that he's both you know he's faster and he's stronger than the other zombies right so that's that's the stuff i dig and cool it's just yeah i try to do that whenever i can yeah so when it was plants versus like a five lane game got the recharges got it's called plants versus zombies was this when popcap came along or were they involved earlier it was right about then okay that's when they came along they Were were you waiting like until you were like comfortable with the game no, it was like I think I had in my mind that I was going to kind of do something similar with to Insane Aquarium, where I would find a kind of distributor, uh-huh. um, and it was you know I I, I think Did you think of taking it to the IGF again or um, I don't think I was planning on doing that as much. I, I I don't think I ruled it out, but I was just wasn't something that was on the forefront of my sure. mind anymore. Right, um, and. So why did they come to you? Like, was it just, they were just checking up on you or they, 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 you know, they, I think they always wish that I accepted that initial offer. And also that, you know, we just, we just stayed in touch like through making Insane Aquarium. And then they were like, well, look, look how well this game did. And look how well Insane Aquarium did. And then they, I think they just, they were just following up and just basically like, finding any opportunity they could to try to get me to come on board. Right. And the thing that really changed that for me is that they were starting up a studio in San Francisco. Okay. So they like, were like, okay, we're going to, you know, we're going to purchase basically the, the Insane Aquarium IP from you. Uh And we're going to give you a nice, you know, bonus for coming on board. Right. And we're going to, and I, I very, I remember very enthusiastically showing them my, my Plants vs. Zombies prototype at this meeting. I don't know right. if that was a, I don't know if that was a, that was a factor or not in their decision. How I much think, they could tell at the yeah, time. Right. But, but you know, they also, in that, in that 
exchange, they also purchased what I my, the prototyping, all the prototyping I had done right. on Plants vs. Zombies up to that point. Yeah, that point. Right. Yep, and it just seemed seemed right at that time. So I I I, I decided to. Were you looking forward to the stability of a job? Like, it was because you uh, could that have wasn't just, a factor. You know? I th- I think I was just I was just trying to trying to take care of my game. I guess I I was like, what what path is going to let me make the best game? And mm-hmm. I just that, at the time, and you trusted them to help you do a good. Yeah, job. because because they we had worked pretty well on Insane Aquarium, and just you know, mm-hmm. like. But you could have done it externally. I could have. Right? I could have. Yeah. So why did you decide to go internal? They, the, the, the offer they made was also pretty good. Okay. Well, that's, <laughs> that's fine. That's, I'm, glad, I'm glad you got a good was, offer. That's great. It, yeah. It was, it was really good. And it just, it was pretty hard to refuse on that front. And yeah. I just, I, I, I felt that, you know, working in, yeah, like they would just working with them. I would just be able to, they would just be able to handle a lot of the things on sure. the periphery that would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it obviously worked out very well. Yeah. They, they, during Plants vs. Zombies, it, I, I think it's, it's, I bet it's like a, like maybe 1% of game development is that smooth and that nice. Like they really, <laughs> really, they, during the time we were making the Plants vs. Zombies, I feel like we really had it good. Like yeah. the, the, it was just, we just, it was so much fun to make like all, all the team, all the team members were really into it. We all, we all communicated really well. And was that, was that at that location near Robert Shores? It, um, we eventually moved down there. Okay. It, it, we started off, um, in just like an office really close to GDC right here. It was, okay. it was, um, just on Howard street. Okay. Were there other people here already at that point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. there, they had, we had like a, I think PopCap was thinking about, you know, starting up kind of like a pop cap South down here. Yeah. And there was another team of three people, an artist, a designer and programmer that well, And then the designer on that team was kind of the general manager of, of, right. of this, the studio down here. And then <clears throat> me and another pro like one of the programmers I knew from blizzard. Um, yeah, we were, we were the two that uh, Todd Semple. He was, yep. he was, we were the ones that worked on plants for zombies down here. And then, uh, finding an artist was actually not not the easiest, but mm-hmm. we eventually we were looking all over the place, and we were tr- we were like, um, there's an there's an artist I really liked um, how his background styles looked, and he was he uh, was all the way from Spain, and we contracted him to do the background art for the game. But we were having the hardest time finding someone to, to it's it's you know it's not easy because you got you kind of have to get that that charm. Mm-hmm and be really good technically at the same time. And then we looked everywhere outside of PopCap and it turns out inside, inside one of the, it was just like the, the artist we wanted was just sitting there and at PopCap Seattle. So Rich Werner, Rich Werner did, did this art test and I went back and forth with him a bunch to get to nail that, that uh, initial zombie look though that it's been, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't look that, it do- doesn't seem like there would be much to it, but it's pr- it's you know it's hard to get a a, a zombie to look that uh, I guess 
charming and, I don't know, and appealing. <laughs> sure. So. Right. It's not, not, it's, it's not a scary zombie. Right? Yeah. It's not a scary zombie. It looks, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's got this look to it. That's, 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 you know, the signature plants versus zombies look now. So, so yeah. So that was, that was how things started at PopCap, like working with that initial small team. Sure. Cool. So, um, uh, so you obviously said the development went really well and yeah, how it, was, long did, it was awesome. How long did that take? Um, from beginning to end, probably like, like three years. It was, wow. it was a long time. That's a lot of time. It, it, it was, we could have released the game after two. Yeah. If we just spent one month at the end of that wrapping things up, but I guess a lot, a lot of, a lot of, um, feedback on the game is, it, it, is that it feels really generous and i guess we kind of that that last year was just spent polishing and creating these supplemental game modes that would would it's make the, the other modes game. feel 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 more substantial right and making all these extra extra mini games did you have did you spend a lot of time thinking what the scope of the game should be because you know, I mean, Pop Game made casual games. Probably easily at that point, you made a game. You made a game that they couldn't have sold, right? Mm-hmm. And but, how big did you want the game to be? I did, I don't think I. I think I just I was going by feel, sort of on that. I didn't really scope it out. I was just saying like, well, if I was a gamer, I think I'd want something to you know, like we we threw the Zen Garden in because I felt like some you know I want something that I can, and then there's like in the initial version there was the Tree of Wisdom which you could you could pay money to, to get like little tidbits of, like of advice or little, little, yeah, it was just, I, we, we added all this because I felt like, uh, it would just be more satisfying from a gamer's perspective, like having all these inter- modes intertwined that all like boost each other up in a way. Like it was just something I, I, I really liked. And, and I was just, we, as, as we, um, I think there was one point where the um, where Todd, the programmer, was he's he's really good and he's he's a, you know he's he's also pretty quick. So there was one point where he was out of stuff to do. Yeah. But um, the artist still was like catching because you know we kind of created this animation system and he's doing he was doing all the animation for the game, and um, <clears throat> so basically the the we were trying to look some look for something that was would offload some of the extra work to, to Todd, like something that Todd could do that didn't require a lot of art. Yeah. So and then and then I, of course I could pitch in too because so so we were we we're trying to find the, the, a lot of those extra game modes came from the fact that the programmer and the designer could could do had time to do something, yeah. but the the artist was was basically huh. busy. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. So we we made a lot of we ended up making a lot of modes that. Like, so one of the modes that was created during this time was a face breaker mode, which is kind of like a, it's, it's called face breaker because it reminded me of minesweeper, but uh-huh. what you're doing in the game is you're breaking vases and, uh, zombies are, will pop, like, you don't know what's in these vases. It could be a plant. It could be a zombie. And it's just kind of like this really, uh, um, this nice, like puzzly version of plants versus zombies that right. you could play. And yeah. I, I was even finding myself liking it more than like, cause I played the base game <laughs> sure. so much. I was like, Oh man, did I make a mistake? And sh- should this be the actual game? And <laughs> sure. not like, I like, 
I was like, I found myself a little bored when I was playtesting the, 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 the core sure. game. And I was like, whoa, I, but base Baker breaker is so fun. I, I, I really, yeah. and yeah, there's just moments like that too. Like I was like, oh man, did we make the wrong decision yeah. even? But yeah, there's just all these extra game modes that were just born out of that. Like, like we were kind of, um, we had the time for it. We had the time. And then, you know, like we're trying to, we're waiting for the art to get, yeah. get done. And then well, that's, that's great. I mean, I think a lot of people, they just get sort of tired of their game near the end that they don't, because, you know, once you have a whole game system in place, you can do, you can just tweak a few things mm -hmm. and, and create a totally different game. Yeah. I, th I think Plants vs. Zombies was, it, it totally lent itself to that. Maybe yeah. m probably more than your, I don't know, maybe more than your average game even, but like, I, I mean, I imagine a lot of strategy games you could, right. but just like yeah. some of the others. that's what we see from the modding community. Oh yeah. Like they'll go the extra yeah. mile to do exactly. a bunch of weird things with their game. It's like you guys are modding your own game basically. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. That's a good way to put it actually. So, um, yeah. And then I've also worked on some other games where it's not as easily, it's not as easy to come up with a bunch of, uh, right. like side game modes. Yeah. Now, were you totally happy to spend this extra time working on it? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, coming from Blizzard, like where they're yeah. totally happy to spend all the extra time. And I believe, I kind of believe that like, it's worth it to like, it's worth it to spend the extra time to take your game to yeah. the highest level you can. And, and PopCap was supportive of that. Yeah, they were. They I mean, were. they they could tell they had a they had a game on their hands that was it, they could, and it was kind of like it was it was. I think it was they didn't know what, what was it was so happen. different yeah. than all the other games they were making. Yeah. So I mean, it was an interesting time for PopCap because this was probably around the time they released Peggle, and yeah. like they were just starting to be taken seriously by mm -hmm. sort of sort of I guess core gamers, you know. Uh -huh. Um, and like, it seems like Plants vs. Zombies was the, you know, that was the, the top of the height of that, you know? Yeah. That was the thing that, you know, made PopCap legitimate in all the eyes of a lot of core gamers. Right. And it was probably hard for them to see exactly because they just had never just had so, that type of attention before. It was so right? weird and so, so yeah. different. Like they, like the, the market, like just, you know, the marketing budget they gave us was nowhere near the budget they gave, um, Bejeweled Twist, which came out that same sure. year, and just because that seemed like more of a sure thing for them. Yeah. So they had this different type of game, though. Did they try to sell it the same way they were selling everything else? Or? They, I mean, for the most part, I, I, I think, feel like I bought Plants vs Zombies on Steam. Yes, like that was there. that was Steam was one of the things that like like that was more of a new. That was that was the thing they were doing differently for Plants Like they were focusing more, they were talking more with the people on Steam. Like they were just mm -hmm. trying to trusting those people to say, "Oh, this is what you should price it at." Because okay. I think and was that expected to be like the major plat the major platform for the game? That was I think that was expected to be a a major yeah right. a major platform. It just like seemed like that would have a lot of overlap. Right. And but they did still try to sell it. The they still they still like there was that whole like. Like a the trial, casual a trial games, with a, you know, uh, portals, portal yeah. sites. They try it. Yeah, they still try it through there, and that actually, you know, it did it, it, it do well there too. It did. I, I think it it did the best on the more like, um, it, I think it did good there. It just you know, I think it did the best on the more like the 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 portals that were geared a little bit a bit more toward core gamers, right, and. Uh -huh. But you know, like Plants vs Zombies is like my both, both my parents who don't game they yeah. they play 
they played through the whole thing, which I don't, I don't even know if my mom has ever beaten another game of that scope, but yeah, it's, just, it's made to be a game that it's just huge, wide range of wide range of people could play like yeah. for, for many reasons, like for like difficulty and for ease of ease of pickup. Like yeah. there's, there's actually like some, like some things we put in the game to, to let, let, um, a wide range of people with different skill levels play such as such as not straight up dynamic difficulty okay. like i i and i didn't want to do that because i i know i've played some games where i played games before where i'll, I'll once i find out that's what they're doing right it i want you. yeah it, it, it just i kind of it cheapened my whole game experience and I, I didn't want that so i wanted to try to add something where i wanted to add something where um even if someone found out, like they they wouldn't feel like robbed or anything, or they wouldn't feel like so. Was, how did it work? So what the the thing we do the the biggest thing we do is um, we have control of how fast the waves are spawning. Okay. Um. And so normally, like normally, there's like a, a pretty long timer between each wave of zombies, but if you um but it detects if you're like if this whole wave's hit points is in the the down to the 25th or lower percentile then it will it'll force send the next wave okay so it's kind of like it waits a little bit it wait like so you know if you if you're not planting as many plants and killing the zombies a little bit slower it'll 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 slow down essentially the 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 rate that zombies spawn Okay. But um the reason that works for me is kind of, it's kind of like you just imagine so like there's an end boss in the game and he's he's like the boss zombie and he's just like uh you, you can just imagine him sending out he's like oh they destroyed all this this current wave of zombies let's send another <laughs> out right more, now. Right, yeah. Or yeah, and it's just kind of it's more like um the zombies themselves don't get harder like like stronger yeah. or weaker. Yeah. It's just like it's more like um it's more like a pacing thing to kind of keep the action going, right. I guess. So it's interesting. All, all those things put together. Like I, I felt like at the end of the day that sat well enough with me yet. Yeah. It still lets, how did you test that? Because at that point, presumably it was probably pretty easy for you. Right. Oh yeah. So testing, you can do certain things like handicap yourself too. like sure. saying like, you know, I can't, with... I wait this long before planting something yeah. or I don't easy. click on all the sun. Um, yeah. You can definitely do that, but um, just yeah, and then occasionally we'll get we'll get um, random testers here and there to see if like okay yeah yeah like put putting it in front of one of my parents to play and seeing if they can get through the game sure yeah okay all right so then the the game comes out um, mm -hmm. I mean it's received very well obviously yeah it got got really great reviews everywhere and what it was it, a huge hit for PopCap yeah so what did it feel like. Felt awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I did just, you think that that was going to happen? Like, did um, you dream I, that like maybe you know? I think this is going to be like just crazy good, but you were like afraid to say it, or like what was it like? No, I. I mean, I. I just. You didn't even dream it, or like. I. I. I knew. I. I knew it was a good game. I didn't really think about like what scope, it, like what scope it would end up as, or anything like like anything beyond that just. I'm, this is a great game and I'm proud. I'm really proud of it. Right. Um, I didn't really 
have much insight beyond that, I guess. Yeah. Um, and I'm, I'm still so, so ecstatic about how well it was received, I guess. And just that it's become, it's become a game. Just so many people know. And yeah, so I am, that's, yeah, that's just something that even, even, even now I'm still like super ecstatic about. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was a special game, you know, like, uh, you know, I enjoy it and my six-year-old son enjoys it. You yeah. Know? Like, that's the that's, stuff I love awesome. hearing the most, actually. Like, just like I showed it to my, my uh, old coworkers at Blizzard and, you know, they're all pretty, pretty hardcore about games and they, yeah. they could really get into it. And then just, I showed it, you know, I would show it to some, some, like some, my friends, kids, and they would, they would yeah. also be able to pick it up. It's just like, yeah. That yeah. kind of just validated all the all the extra effort I put into it. Just you know, talking about the things that I focus on as a designer. Sure. So yeah, yeah, I remember. That was I mean, super I, cool. I listened to the Three Moves Ahead podcast every mm-hmm. week, which is like Desert Strategy Games, and they're like, you know, they did an episode on Plants vs Zombies, and like oh. we're we're doing an episode on a PopCap game. Like what? <laughs> like <laughs> what's going on? Like I know, you know, it was uh, it was it was quite the moment. Um, yeah. Cool. All right. Well, so what, what happened next? Um, so we didn't want to work on So I felt like we, I, I'd done everything I wanted to do. Like, I think in, in a case where we didn't have that extra year to totally polish and make all these extra modes that I might've wanted. Like, I think some of the reason to create a sequel. Sure. Well, so PopCap obviously wanted a sequel cause right. it was super, it was super successful. And I think as a, as a, you know, game creator, some of the reason to create a sequel is like, well, let's do one and fix everything that sure. was wrong with the first one. Yeah. That's how, you know, that's what it'll be. This is how we can, this is this, I have these ideas that I want to, yeah, I want to implement this time around, but I didn't really have that. And I'm also, so, and you know, I just kind of wanted as a designer to tackle another challenge instead. Mm-hmm. So we... Um, we started working on a, a totally new game. Yep. I, I know, I, know, I probably can't talk too much about it cause it's sure. still, it's, it's still in like this nebulous, like swamp somewhere in EA pop cap now. And yeah, obviously it didn't end up coming out. Yeah. Um, and we started working on that for a bit and there, you know, it's, it was it was going to be the first game that I had ever made where it wasn't it didn't start off with just me prototyping it in some some engine like like there's some something nice about being able to just just have it be yourself um like like I I did the all the I did the initial programming on Plants vs Zombies to get the base game mechanics going right. and thus like you know, it was kind of like a direct channel from my brain to the game. Like yep. if something was a little bit off, I could just go in there and tweak it right away. Yep. So this new game at PopCap that we were working on would be, would have been the first game that, you know, I, I, I worked, I worked with the programmer from the start, worked with an artist from the start. Yep. And we came up with this game that was, you know, was whimsical. It was pretty, pretty kind of, what can I, I don't know. What can I say about it? It was kind of like, Whereas 
in Sanaquarium or Plants vs. Zombies was kind of taking one one kind of genre of game and kind of trying to distill it down to like just yeah. a really, really like core essence and applying this like really simple metaphor to it like that that lets everyone pick it up. We were trying to do that with a maybe a different different genre of games. Right. Um, I guess that's I can I can probably say that. And um, it was we tested it like we were working on it for about maybe a year and mm-hmm. we were testing that with some of the people at PopCap and just like also like the the same the same time this was this was going on like just uh what what kind of games like the the whole casual game portal space was kind of drying up for them right um they were kind transition. of it was it was going thing yeah games were going through a transition at least in you know in this yeah this this area and um and so so that game was kind of like people were either really into it or some some were like kind of lukewarm on it and then i was i was like well i feel like there's 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 something here and then all we need to do is just like i i feel like we could you know we we were we were iterating on it just like plants vs zombies initially we were iterating and one day you know it, i i felt it was like very possible that we just we just like you know something akin to what like trying out the magic the gathering variant and realizing oh it's it's actually supposed to be cooldowns in plants vs zombies like something along those lines i i feel like we were that close to finding something here yep. that would would have just like taken this game made it something really special and then just have it be something that uh, we could like, there was just like a nice straight arrow from that point to releasing that game. Right. And um, so there was, there was a little bit of uncertainty on that front. And then, um, and then, you know, PopCap, one of the really cool things that PopCap did, I thought was hold these internal game jams. Right. And so, so we participated, like our, our Plants vs. Zombies team participated in the first one of those they had. Yeah. And we came up with a, another concept for a game that seemed like, and this one was like, whoa, it's like so cool. It's like, I can't believe no one's done this before. It's one right. of those, it's one of those like concepts, right? Mm-hmm. And so all of us were pretty hyped on this and we're, and we're like, whereas the, you know, game A right. was kind of, it, it could be something really cool, but we were just kind of. It wasn't just quite wasn't there. quite there yet. So yeah. we're like, all right, this this game this this new game, game B, we were like, okay, this is something we could take in a short time and make it awesome and then probably release it. Yeah. Um and so we worked worked on game B for a for a long time, like maybe maybe a year. And game B turned out to also have its own challenges, which which were it wasn't it wasn't a strategy game. It was kind of weird. Okay. And I, I, I could say that, and I could say it was a very it was it was challenging to expand. I don't know, okay. like like there was a core there was a core mechanic that was I felt was really fun and it was something special, but it didn't have these same like Plants vs Zombies. You can just make really new, easy make, you can make new, new zombies, new plants. new plants, right? Yeah, and and this game was tricky to expand upon and so whereas it wasn't just like it wasn't something like a puzzle game or an action puzzle game where you could just kind of have something really 
you know, compact there and just kind of say, well, you're just going to play this little thing over and over again. And that's the yeah. game. So that was the challenge there. And then what ended up happening was that also throughout this course of time, like I, I guess in within PopCap, I was kind of more like uh, I wasn't really jiving with the the like the, the the environment was yeah the game's environment was changing all around and I wasn't really jiving with that I just you know I I personally didn't really get into any of these like that you know well it's it's like the um uh free to play kind of like yep. like some some of these games that like the ones that were coming out where they're like if you want to skip this yeah. gameplay you know just pay pay this much whereas but you know that was that was making a lot of money at the time. So right. I think naturally because PopCap was looking to sell, sell like was shopping itself around, it was um it was trying to say, look, here we can we can be competitive in this space too. And slowly, like just in like internally the company, every like the the new people they would hire would all be kind of geared toward more yep. more of this kind of game. Whereas our I mean and it's, you, didn't, it's, you didn't want to make that type of game because yeah, I just I just didn't understand I did I I knew that you know I don't think I would be very good at it because I, it wasn't yeah I I didn't have that connection with those kind of games and I wouldn't know what how to make decisions to make games sure. good there yeah so I was you know the games we were making were I guess more traditional pay once and yep. and we're just trying to make where we're just trying to make these really good game experiences where yeah where you just you it's just one package and you just yeah you just you just pick you just pay for that once and get entertained for however long and so that yeah so there's just this rift started forming between i guess my team and what seemed like a lot of the rest of PopCap, and then yeah and then eventually it just got like we we there was a lot of attempts to you know like figure out some some solution to that but eventually it just it just got kind of i, I think that rift just got too big and, and yeah um <clears throat> let's just say i'm not i'm not with PopCap anymore <laughs> sure yeah. <laughs> yeah 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 it's just one of those stories like oh man i wish it could have gone differently but yeah well that's you know. the games industry I mean, yeah the companies are in a, a place at one point and then they're no longer at that place yeah you know, for lots of reasons right yeah. So yeah, that brings us pretty close to today. Yeah. Like, all right. Yeah. Well, do you want to do you want to talk about anything about what you've been working on since then? I mean, you haven't announced anything, right? Yeah. So maybe by the time this podcast is out, it would will be, but I I haven't announced anything yet. I've okay. just this probably won't be out for at least six months. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I'm trying I'm trying right now to capture. Everything that was awesome about the the work setup for Plants vs Zombies and the work setup, or just like just you know like the way you made that the game. way we made that game, okay. not necessarily um, that game, but yeah. just the way you were working in the background. Yeah, working with you know like we have we have the same like designer and I, I um, I'm working with the same artist too. Okay, and the same musician. All right, and so. <laughs> You know, like Great. we worked so well the, the, the other, all those other times, so so why why change that? Yeah. And 
and we're doing something yeah something brand new it's it's a it's a um it is a kind of like a a fully realized version of one of the games so after i left popcap i started participating in ludum dare here and right. there and it's a fully realized version of the game one of the games i i made there which is really nice because that one that's cool because like you know we, there's a it's kind of like this prototype you can refer to right that you know is already fun because that you know that version i did i've i've sent it to like friends here and there and mm-hmm. now like when i when i finished it they were like competing for like they're like they're like right. way into it competing for like high score sure. even though right. it wasn't sure. really set up to totally do that right, so, right. so you could you could tell there was already something there so right. yeah you, i'm really excited did, about it cool but you didn't make that pu- that prototype pro- public right that prototype's public. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, so it's out you, there. So if you follow the follow the cookie trail, you can <laughs> you can see. And probably by the time this is out, it's it's going to be like this is hopefully this will be old news. Hopefully we'll have announced fully by then. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you can talk more about the game. I mean, I can. Okay. I can. I can. Like I said, like I'll check with you before I, I publish. Okay. This, so. Let's do that. All sure. Right. Cool. Okay. All bets are off. All right. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah. So it's it's the first. It's the like two weeks after I left PopCap, yep. like I, I I was like, what do I do now? Yeah. And you know, the game jams that something about game jams is like is just like so awesome for it's it's the right mix of it's sort of a it's sort of like a competition. Mm-hmm. Like so there so you want to do well, yet at the same time, it kind of feels like this like you could just do something totally st- stupid. Like, yeah. You could go into it doing wanting to do something totally stupid, and it won't even matter. Like the, the, it's just that it's that right mix of pressure yet not no pressure. Yeah. That totally unleashes like this like crazy crazy amount of like just like, the right creativity. And and I found that some of my best prototypes have come out of game jams. Sure. So I I participated in the first Ludum Dare after I um I was no longer with Popcap. Right. And that was um the theme the theme was uh evolution. Uh-huh. So yeah, like the the way it works is you have 48 hours, you, you one person has to make the whole game. Yep. Sound effects uh if there's any music and any art and programming yeah. of course and um and they give you a theme at the beginning of the 48 hours and you just have to go, go, go. Okay. Totally, you know, make make something that, you know, is playable and hopefully fun after after in, in that in that little bit of time. And so yeah, they gave they gave us the theme evolution and then I I was reading all these like tips on how to, you know, best do this game jam. So they're like, you know, sit on sit on stew on the theme and just kind of brew ideas for like maybe an hour or two. After mm-hmm. they give you the theme, yeah. So I started sketching, and I was like, "Okay, what was the theme on?" The uh, theme was evolution. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. Um, what I ended up with was this. Yeah, it's, it, it was it was a game called Octageddon, mm-hmm. and where you're this mutant, like you're, you're an octopus, but yep. no, no, no ordinary octopus. You're <laughs> you're a giant, like Godzilla-sized octopus. Okay. And you're 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 your mission in life is to destroy everything in the world, right? Okay. So, so just like blowing up all kinds of stuff. And 
um, the, the, the connection to evolution was that you, you're like the first thing I thought of when I got the theme was like, I want kind of like an upgrade track that, 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 you know, lets you go from some number to, to another number. So I came up with an octopus that starts off with two tentacles uh-huh. and eventually upgrades and evolves all the way up to eight. Okay. And is each tentacle like fundamentally different? Is that, it, 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 it will be. Yeah. yeah like, okay. like, so, so, um, it's, it's structured as kind of a defense game uh-huh. and you're this octopus in the middle of the screen uh-huh. and you have, you start off with two tentacles that are always wiggling yeah. and little submarines come in and attack you from all, all, all sides. So you're, right. you're stuck in the middle and all you can do is spin left yeah. and right or clockwise and counterclockwise. And so you have to orient your, your two tentacles to line up with these, uh, waves of submarines that, you know, there's a few different behaviors that they come at you. Right. With. Um, so you blow up some submarines and some of them drop DNA okay, or DNA points or so that, right. that's the, that's the trademark yeah. res- resource that you find in a lot of my games. And then when you die, it's, it's like, it's like you, you have this upgrade screen where you can say, I want to upgrade on the, I want to add another tentacle. Yep. And then the, 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 the evolution is like, the evolution part is like you, you click to upgrade one of the tentacles itself. And you're you're presented with all these different options. Like I can upgrade one to a a snake head, yep. or that shoots venom, or I can upgrade one to a porcupine that spits, you know, a spread shot of three three quills. Okay. There is a lobster claw that that like has, does heavy melee damage. Yep. There's an elephant trunk that blows water and pushes pushes the submarines away. And I think in the original one, was that it for the original? There was like one more. Yeah. But basically, like, um. It's like swap out your tentacles right. for different animals, and it just and that's, uh, that's the expandable part, obviously. Right? Yeah, there, there you go. Like, that's the thing that's that's easily expanded on, and there's just like it's, there's it's a really simple control scheme. Yet, um, yeah, I mean, one thing I'm confused about is you say you sort of rotate the octopus, mm-hmm. but how, do you control the eight arms? The eight arms are. St- so they're stuck in place. So so imagine oh, okay. one's at like two o'clock or one's so at you, you three turn, o'clock. And you one's turn at... the octopus to control what, where yeah. the arm is so it can do the thing it does. Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's like a bunch of clock hands stuck in like kind of in place. And as you rotate the whole, you rotate the whole clock. Yeah, yeah. So you're, you're orienting the minute hand and the, the hour, hour right. hand in different directions. So it's kind of like a spin and shoot. Like it's, it's something new that like, yeah. like that. I've never, I've never really experienced anything like that. It's, it is a lot of like neat moments when you're, when you're, you know, orienting your octopus in different ways. And it's so satisfying to have, you know, like this snake arm line up with this, this submarine on this side that's coming at you. And while you're taking out like a, another, another like tougher submarine on the other side with the lobster claws, just kind of the, 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 the result of the Ludum Dare itself showed me that, you know, there's, there's really something here and it's just like, it's already, it's already really fun to have so many choices of what to upgrade. Cause so, you know, it's balanced so that you're, you're kind of, you, you, every time you go for a run, you're, you, you, the, well, the goal is to try to get as far as you can into like the later and later waves. And then every time you die, you have a chance to boost up your, your octopus monstrosity even more. Right. So there's something really cool about like having so many decisions of like, okay, do I want to put this lobster claw here? Because, you know, like, I feel like 
if I put the two lobster claws together next to each other, then that they won't be as effective. Sure. It's just like, yeah, there was, it's surprising in how much, you know, it feels like you can really make some meaningful choices. Okay. And yeah, so, so that went like, so that, that game showed, you know, really nicely. And yeah. so, um, a little, a little later, like, when it came time to like, okay, well, what am I doing for real? Like it was like, Oh, we already have something here. That's, that's, yeah. that's a, quite a solid foundation. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, let's just make a fully realized version of Octageddon, the Ludum right. Dare, the Ludum Dare Octageddon. So okay. what that meant was we we're, you know, the, the, the theme of the game is you're a giant monster, like blowing up the world. So we're like, well, we know we have to take you into a city eventually so you can start crushing cities with your lobster claws and uh uh porcupine quills so we came up with this idea of um well you know like everything i described so far you're kind of stationary in the middle of the screen yeah but um in the cities you're actually rolling like kind of like katamari damasi style like um and your your you know your limbs are rotating with you so you so yeah it's it's just like a different it it's kind of amazing how just, you know, something as subtle as that can change like the way you defend yourself against enemies. And, okay. and, um, and yeah, the enemies change. I mean, like the enemies change like, also. You There's, mentioned earlier submarines, but I assume you want a lot more, right? Yeah. So every submarine has a plane, a plane analog that comes and attacks you in the city. Okay. Um, so that was something that, that was different than any other game I did. Like we had to, we had to basically make two pieces of art for every enemy design. Right. Um, just cause that, you know, Flying, flying submarines don't don't make sense. You're 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 crazy, but you're not that crazy. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, there's I'm a certain kind of crazy, but not. That's just that that's 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 way out, way too out there. And so yeah, it's just you know you you roll up to buildings and just crush them with all your firepower and and then there's like it's 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 right now it's stretched out into like kind of like a campaign where you play some so the the ludum dare levels are like ocean levels and which lead into a few city levels and which lead into a few more ocean levels and then um what we've been doing is like originally i thought it was i thought the scope of the game was going to be a little bit smaller um but just you know as some games go like it's it's starting to get bigger i feel like i feel like we're we're trying to give the game the scope it deserves um so we're, you know, like the prototype did not have boss fights. So we're at, we're adding like mini boss and boss fights through like sprinkled throughout. Yeah. And then my hope, like, so I think we've got about half the campaign, about half the campaign's done. And the, 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 the other half is just, we have um, enemy and limb design kind of sp- it's not fully fleshed out and it's not fully in the right place, but that's what we're, that's what we're going to be working on for the rest of this, this time. And then what I'd really like to do is make a version that takes everything you that's introduced to you in the camp, the campaign and jumble it up in a way that's like, like kind of as infinitely replayable as possible. Like where you're kind of thrown different elements. It comes in too dynamically. yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, kind of, a rogue like light like <laughs> like the way george would do a rogue like hopefully 
I hope I hope that's I hope I can realize that. Like yeah. Okay. And, with yeah. A, with an end or just see how um, far you can I think the campaign will have an end. Right. But whereas this this I don't I don't know yet. I don't think so. I don't I'm guessing the this this other mode won't won't yeah. have an end. We'll just be like how far can you get? Kind right. of like Okay. Yeah. Or if it has an end it's like how many times can you get to the end or right, something right, like right. that. Yeah. So yeah, it's really exciting. Like I'm I'm basically doing like you know i'm indie again just like i was many years ago and it's it's like it's yeah it's 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 where i want to be and it's very i'm i'm very excited about this this game cool i'm sure when this comes out i yeah like it should if it's six months from now like we we are shooting for something around that that time so like there'll probably be a whole slew of things that don't even exist at the time of sure. that, did you do something more in the open like early access type thing i'm are you interested in that i yeah we we just um had a talk with some of the people at at, at steam actually about that uh-huh. and um he i actually showed one of those people the demo and they they asked if i wanted to do early access and i, I was just i kind of was like mm, I'm, i don't know i'm not sure and then he said he felt like the, the game yeah. wasn't an early access type game he so, felt it was not. Yeah. So whatever that means, I guess. Because I think, the, I think, maybe like the, because the content, con- the campaign is like content, sort of, or um, maybe maybe because they were they're saying like early access is for people who are looking for a lot of guy like feedback from like fans or like uh-huh. and like I guess I guess I kind of want to. I kind of want to just, yeah, like, I feel like most of the game at this point is, like, more or less plotted out already. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. And, I mean, to me, I think any game that is replayable, like, is a really good match for the access. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, like, maybe for that that mode that's replayable, it might that might be a, a good idea. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess it depends what you feel about your game. I mean, if you feel like it's just exactly where you want it to be i guess maybe you don't need it but uh to me it's just it's an awesome tool yeah it's available now i don't think you know it's not gonna it's not gonna make your game worse yeah so so it's 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 still like i haven't ruled it out yet basically like in you know i probably should do more research on it to figure out like if it if it fits or not yeah yeah but i mean one thing that that was nice at popcap that we i don't i'm not I'm unsure at this point is like PopCap had its own suite of beta testers. Sure. Yeah. And yep. you know, that was that was that was very, very helpful through through the PVZ process. Yeah. And I just we're not gonna have that like at this point, you know, it's gonna be I I'm not sure what we're doing yet, like yeah. actually. So Well, I'll tell you that it's been great to have off world on early access. Yeah. That like, you know, we launched and like an hour after the game launched, I was on Twitch watching someone play my game yes that must be so cool it was amazing like yeah. and i was just thinking like five or ten years ago i'd have to spend thousands of dollars to get this experience and this is way more genuine because he has he has no idea he's being watched by the designer of the game yeah right um it's just it's transformative right like mm-hmm. if you're making like a walking dead or something right like it's it's not really gonna work right? yeah like that's a content-based game i see I you see. know and uh you know, like the player is not going to want to consume it until it's fully ready. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, that, but, that's a good point too. But if it's like replayable, then 
you know. Yeah, like, I'm kind of in the middle where like. I mean, the campaign I imagine, is maybe I imagine, just like content. Sort yeah, of. yeah, that's that's the thing. It's like there's and you could even release parts. Just of, yeah, I mean, you don't need to release the whole thing, right? Yeah. Like some games that have this kind of split, they can release sort of an early version, and you could mm-hmm. you could charge a lot less for it because it's, this is just like the replayable version or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, I don't know. Anyway, you should, something you should write. Yeah, it sounds sounds like I I need to think about it more though. Yeah. 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 Cool. Very cool. Cool. Well. Um, Maybe a couple of final questions. Okay. Um, now looking back, like, do you feel like you have a design philosophy? Um, like, yeah. What is it that you know defines, you know, George's games, or a specific approach you have? You know, like... I I talked about yeah. I have I have I have a three three pronged approach wow. to making games like making george style games i guess and it's the first one would be i think i think i talked about it earlier would just be like well the goal is like i think what separates my games from others first of all is like that they're i I really focus on like distilling it down so that the most people could you know I, i i want the most people to be able to play play my games right and so, so the first thing to do would be to, you know, to simplify the game itself, cut off all the excess, like anything that you don't, anything that you don't need, just like cut it out of the game and fi- constantly find ways to make the game simpler. Any, anytime it doesn't, you know, you're not sacrificing any, any depth, um, like question whether everything needs to be there or not. And then the simpler your game is, the the easier it is going to going to be for someone to, a player to pick it up right so that's 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 thing number one that i do um thing number two is the whole uh finding like uh the lead designer magic actually wrote an article uh inspired but like i i visited them there and we talked about this it's like and he called it piggybacking which is that th- that whole area where like you you piggyback off of what people understand already like the whole people know zombies are slow and people know no plants are stationary um finding all like people know that um that turtles have a vulnerable state and a non-vulnerable state that's why the first enemy in the original mario brothers was a turtle for instance like just using all these like especially visual connections like like there's there's also other ways to communicate but a lot of them are visual just using using these to to just like inform players about how your game works without even maybe without even them realizing it so so that's that's kind of um that's what i that's the second thing Mm -hmm. and then the last the last kind of trick i do is um i introduce things one that like like i of like all the options that you let the player do in a game right i limit it to just a few in the beginning and i i sprinkle it in whether it's through like purchasing these options in a in a store that you might have in in a game like giving give like not overwhelming the player right at the beginning with everything they could possibly do yeah and um either rewarding it to 
these options to them through like, you know, after they complete a level or at some point opening up a store to say, oh, now you can, if you want, if you, if you buy this, now you can do this. So yeah. it's kind of like introducing mechanics really, really gradually, probably more gradually than your app, you know, most games do. Right. And yeah, so that do doing all that kind of just leads to like, yeah, like taking, taking a game and letting, you know, more, more people from all walks of life just understand it immediately. And that's, right. that's, that's, that would be the thing I focus on more than maybe, right. yeah, every, every, every other designer. And of course, yeah. And then I also, I also try to do the, the things every other designer does as well. But yeah, those are the, those, those would be what sets, sets me apart. I feel. All right. Cool. That's a good, it's a good explanation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the last question is, you uh -huh. know, looking back at the whole thing, why, why have you devoted your life to making games? Oh man. Uh, well, I love games, so that'd be the easy answer. And I, I, I love games and I need to create. Right. So making games is just something that just fills, fulfills both of those, those, those things. Yeah. And I, I love the idea that something I make could bring joy to someone. Right. And that that is that is a big part of what inspires me all right all right cool well, well thanks thanks for doing this this was this was awesome oh thanks thanks so much just so glad to be here yeah